0: back to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast, a motion picture podcast, cinema cast, film cast. I think both of those have already been taken. The the film cast is taken for sure.
1: Should we like, should we get them before we Zuckerberg them? Right.
0: Welcome. My name's Ernest.
1: Uh, I'm a fan of the year 2023 and movies, Um, the movies, some could say, Uh, and I am Trolls Band Together himself, Hunter. Wow. Uh, Didn't think I, that was going to get hurt today, did you? Wow, wow, wow he's
0: very nice. And I am branded, branded content, mm-hmm. Brandon, mm-hmm. Brandon content, mm-hmm. Drew TM. Mm-hmm.
1: I, we dialed into destiny Mm -hmm. and this is what we came up with.
0: Mm -hmm. We, uh, big shout out. We mutant mayhemed for for the, for the people watching on YouTube. Big shout out to my aunt Carrie every year. She, (laughs) she comes up with like a really fun, like creative Christmas present, uh, for me and my sister this year. You gotta love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the visual listeners got to tune into YouTube to see this high quality print, aunt's got auntie's got to drop the link for where she got that print i know that is that those colors are spot on i know and now i get to have mug beer um, nice mug the, beer. the whole pot also special shout out to uh my girlfriend annabelle's mom who painted i, I I guess I should walk later. I'll walk up to the camera and like hold them up really <laughs> we, close. We can post when a, we start
1: talking about a movie that you haven't seen. You can just like distract the viewers by by showing them
0: That, that that'll like, happen really <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. We she can, she painted me these lovely uh little rocks with the both sets of We Bought a Mic brand. Yep. one on each. The the Eras. We're doing our own errors. Insanely cool. Uh, genuinely, everyone I've shown has been like mad jealous. Like they're like, holy shit. We'll post uh, a close-up shot of those beautiful beautiful painted rocks uh thank you shout out all right so what we're doing today is we're continuing listomania our annual tradition of the best of the year with our favorite movies of 2023 it's always how we kick off the new year it's 2024 we look back on the previous year we did albums musical albums last week in a two-part episode with danny Um, Now we're doing movies. A little switcheroo here. We usually save movies for last, but um, in light of wanting a little more time to catch up on some shows, some shows that are airing their finales this week. uh, Some of us have seen, I don't know, twos of shows, threes of shows.
1: may or may not I, have a full list listen we could have just left it at the curse finale is happening this week <laughs> and some other show that you mentioned is having a finale this week that Fargo. oh there you go yeah still watching that yeah okay uh, john ham is a big hat i oh i've seen uh the why clip, didn't you say so the <laughs> clip that you showed us of a guy with the worst golf form i've yeah. ever seen in my life he tore every tendon in his the, elbow. the brother
0: from uh from white lotus yeah season one okay um, yeah, also we are gonna have a special guest. So I don't want to spoil it to jinx it, but uh stay tuned for TV shows of twenty twenty-three next week. So before we get into the list, uh a few thoughts about the year in film, an incredible year for movies. Yeah, man. Um Hunter and I with the the um Critics Association of Central Florida, we did a lot of cramming for those awards. Um we shared them on the the Wabam Twitter. Um we can, I don't know, maybe shout out some of the the winners as we get through the the list here. Um, Oppenheimer,
1: it's all Oppenheimer, yeah, um, very
0: Oppenheimer <laughs> heavy. But uh, that was a when did we submit that?
1: Like a week before Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah like so, mid December, so about a month ago, like three four weeks ago. As a of lot, a this. lot of
0: cramming we did for those submissions, and now it's been yeah a little little less than a month, and things have kind of quieted down. I, I felt pretty solid about my list, about my top 10. I think for me, the majority of the year, I had a very just solid top five, like it that just (laughs) stayed there. Those movies, those were my top five movies. And then there were a couple late year entries that snuck up in there, made that a top seven, maybe a top eight. Mm -hmm. And then that left like two spots for me to play, to really kind of play around with. And in the past couple weeks, leading up to today, I've gone through a whole whirlwind of emotions of mm. how to, how to finalize this list and what, how it represents not just the year in film, but like, you know, what I like my, me right. personally, right. that's, I wanted not just me, I wanted to, to reflect like what I value in, in, uh, in my love, love for film. And, you know, I look forward to this episode so much the whole year like this is like I put so much thought into this the amount of time that I've stared at the letterbox list that I'm staring at right now is like man if this was a full-time job like man if just staring at this list (laughs) could get me paid (laughs) it'd be great Um, I mean we're right on the cusp of that you know, if we can just get the run P guy to call a couple, <laughs> yeah. of, his, yeah. a couple of
1: his friends. <laughs> we're so they, close. You want to you just to clarify, you don't want your job to be list making. You want your job to be list viewing. Well, you just no, look at it. But lists I have to all day. view the list that I make. Oh, OK. And you never release them to the public. Well, I'm about to, to once oh, we're okay. done recording. Okay. this. Okay. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> um. So, yeah, that those like nine and ten spots were the ones that I was really agonizing the most about. And I could really, like, we'll get to honorable mentions at the end, but my 11 through 20 is basically another top 10. Like, that's how good the year in movies was.
1: I agree. It's funny that you said that. I have the same thing that i have a very very clear top eight and then like for me especially it's like nine to fifteen sixteen are all kind of like jumbled up together that depending on the day are we just i feel are like we we're like, gonna have are we predictable because
0: i haven't even seen like most of what you guys saw and i have a, an exact top eight the thing is i did not i I'll, i'm gonna say it right now before we get any further i let down a my two biggest my two best friends in the world mm-hmm. not you guys okay. he coops i let down bradley cooper and i let down timmy i did not see... oh we didn't see wonka no <laughs> <laughs> i didn't he, he, i didn't i didn't get he, to see shirley my number one movie of the year wonka <laughs> and definitely maybe an honorable mention uh
1: well did you know might... see snoopy get abandoned in the vestibule didn't snoopy was abandoned uh, he I, somebody left somebody abandoned snoopy in the, in the vestibule what is he doing what is he can you tell me what
0: hunters it's a doing? maestro dude it's a maestro it's a perfect maestro impression <laughs> um didn't see I, those i also let down uh you hunter i did not get to see may december and you really made like an impassioned case for it and okay. i was like oh maybe i'll catch it like at work today okay and i was like i'm not gonna do may december like that that wouldn't be fair to may december mm-hmm.
1: Okay. No. I'm That's sorry. okay. I'm sorry. I will say those are my top three. I won't say <laughs> that right? for the listeners. Because yeah. there's no. chocolate and there's chocolate. Well, my number one is Snoopy Gang Left in the Vestibule. Not my sure as a whole, uh, but just that one sequence because mm. I have watched that scene about 27 times. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. Uh well, Drew, I think that part of the magic of this podcast is that that you come in this is what allows us to talk about like when you had tenant on your top 10 facts i know like like we we are disgusting like high class cinephiles and you're a man of the people
1: (laughs) i can't wait for drew to come in and be like so my number eight is fallen leaves um (laughs) Like, perfect, perfect d- days like, yeah it's yeah. like i i've only been watching uh I've, the eastern european yeah, cinema this I, year i feel you know? so bad because
0: my whole top 10's in korean yeah. so i don't you know I, there's not a, you, no you representation had, for anyone else here you had yeah. barbarian on your list last year like these that, are
1: honestly that aged great barbarian fucking hey, rules these are i have fics. i have
0: my number 10 this year is gonna age
1: great too like spoiler alert i don't know how you want to start this off but should i do the 10? wheel um yeah, it's right. yeah um yeah no i i agree with you though ernie i it's funny i was like trying to look at my list and see my 11 through 20 is that a better top 10 than either the last two years <laughs> right and i think that it might be it's if not it's it's year. really close to like 2020 or 2021 because it's it's a great year it's easily the best year since 2019 um yeah all right
0: for, so uh as a reminder The way we do this is we go 10 through one and if there's overlap we save it for the person that has picked it the highest on the list we don't know anyone's picks it's a big surprise a lot of anticipation all right spinning the wheel to see who goes first and going first is drew what do you know number Um, 10 start us off buddy um a lot of a lot of good movies some that i feel like will be mentioned uh on both the year lists but for number 10 i wanted to be true to myself and what i truly enjoyed watching uh this year so my number 10 is bottoms drew
1: that's my number 11. wow it literally is just right on the outside of my yeah, list. yeah so bottoms on bottoms is a really
0: really really awesome movie um it's a great throwback comedy that also could like only be made like this year you know what i mean um because gay we we just found out the the masses at large have just found out that you can now do that in a movie. Um, the movie fucking rocks. It's uh Rachel Senate or Sano. We don't know. We can't tell. I think it's Senate. I think it's um, S- <laughs> this is the follow up to Shiva Baby. Yeah, yeah which was also <laughs> yeah also directed by Emma Seligman who is you know partners. I guess you know creative partners with Rachel. They're all like NYU girlies. Literally, yes. Uh, like I, yeah, I followed Rachel on Twitter like five years ago um and she was yeah she was just another like sort of like alt comedy person on twitter along with fucking io by the way who's yeah. like had like the biggest year in history like, our I-
1: irish queen i have debris out here what a
0: year for io she co-stars in this uh she wins the fucking globes for the bear for the, the bear. bear um she's in like spider-verse like she's absolutely cooking great year for her her and rachel are an awesome starring duo in this movie this movie is I think the I think this is like the girl super bad that yes that very um, much that Booksmart kind of wanted to be they just want to get laid Mm -hmm. Booksmart was too try hard we have to retrospectively it's very I'm with her it's it was so so Hillary pill this movie is so socialist
1: Booksmart still has some incredible moments to it. I think that oh, the, it, I still love the that like movie. tripping sequence is so awful that it like almost brings down the entire movie by like a full star, in my opinion. But that movie also did introduce the world of Skylar Gizondo. So we can't talk too much mm-hmm. shit about Booksmart. Um so I
0: also I it's a it's a really interesting dichotomy because I watched this movie like a day after watching the Please Don't Destroy movie. Which I was a lot more hyped up for. Escape from Foggy Mountain? Escape from Foggy Mountain or Journey to F who knows? We can't know. (laughs) We don't know these things. These things are mysteries. Um, that movie was a huge disappointment. The treasure of Foggy. That movie really, wow. really bummed me out. We w- we were big on please don't destroy in, TikTok. In tw- yeah, in 2020 when they Free were making, SNL, yeah. they were making one minute videos on you know posting to Twitter and t- TikTok. No one knew like who they were or like who their dads were. <laughs> um <laughs> Minus Ben. Ben is Ben's got no nepo in him. Uh, he's also really the worst part of that movie, to be honest. Oof, uh, um, that's a bummer. Did you you haven't seen no, it? No, no, so not that. I, I, I was, hovered I was, over the play button for are, a long time. I,
1: I was really excited for it, and then <laughs> guys, I heard nothing but negative. I knew it was just gonna bum me out because I love those guys so much. The, that, it, that's
0: the thing, and I I truly think that these are funny guys. I think that they have bright careers ahead of them, and there are plenty of funny moments in this movie. The movie is a huge fucking flop. When you as you're watching it, you're like, "This isn't a movie. Get fucking real, you guys. Like, you you guys need to get a little bit serious here. It's not like tonally." But you know what I mean? Like you can have a good production. Funny movie. Wise, Bottoms is fucking yeah. hilarious and like so out there and slapstick. But this movie is so stupid. Please the Please don't destroy movie stinks. And if anyone were to like it, it would be us three. They yeah. they're like almost the exact same age as us three. They have all the same cultural reference points. It all should have worked. And I don't want to point fingers, but I absolutely do want to point fingers. Uh, I think a lot of it falls on the guy who d- directed the Please Don't Destroy movie. He made uh, it uh Paul Burganti, he has only really directed, uh you know, pre-taped SNL stuff for like years mm. and years and years. He's done some really good I stuff. I will say,
1: like, even in in SNL, w- we don't ever really talk about SNL at all, like in the culture anymore. But SNL is actually having like a pretty good year this know. year, like a quietly oh.
0: good year. SNL is but- is really on the rebound, and it's just the fact that this was clearly made by someone who does not is, is not a movie director. Yeah. And I'm sorry yeah. to the guy. It's this movie felt like a a skit uh like it really Mm. it just didn't feel fleshed out things go move way too fast everything is undercut by a joke uh things don't tie into each other the way you want them to it's just it just doesn't feel like a movie um like it looks like shit the effects suck the coloring stinks Mm -hmm. in every shot like it's
1: really distracting and then when you compare that to bottoms which the look of bottoms is incredible that's the thing bottoms looks fucking sick like like it has such a beauty like candy colored like pop of color than in almost every scene yeah and the like
0: every uh performance is like Mm -hmm. pitch perfect like it's a ton of like even uh the way that they choose to portray the the football team as oh. like basically a bunch of gay guys <laughs> they're so they're wearing good. the the pads the whole movie it's so, yeah they're always it's in their So uniform.
1: stylized in a way it's so cool marshawn lynch legitimately was almost on my ballot for the best supporting performances yeah, i've seen a movie this year marshawn he lynch is, so is fucking good I mean, in this movie the,
0: worth uh, <laughs> worth looking up so marshawn lynch uh for those of you who don't know uh one of the best running backs of all time has the probably the best uh highlight runs of all time uh if you it's worth looking up if you like him in this movie his he did like an espn like pre-tape weird little segment with kenny main back when he played for buffalo like 15 years ago do you remember this it was it was just like yeah it was basically was a sketch where like kenny main who was like a reporter but he was funny he went and just like followed Marshawn around buffalo and, and like they they basically acted like Marshawn was just like absolutely loved how boring Buffalo was. Like he was just abs- getting lit at like Applebee's and stuff. And it was like, oh, this guy, like he he could be in like Chappelle's show. Like he's really funny. he's He has a great delivery. um So, uh, yeah, I love seeing him in it. I, I loved every performance. I think uh the movie does have a lot of heart, even though everything is undercut by jokes, which is hard to do uh it's so silly yeah like it is it's so that final set piece people are getting stabbed yeah it (laughs) becomes i mean the whole movie is like what you'd call camp and in particular like it it does take from like the lineage of like gay cinema and like all the you know like old like gay teen movies Mm -hmm. which all you know a lot of them are in like the sort of slashy horror type genre you know that ends with insanity like that uh it's super fun it's it's so fun uh rachel and io are both like you know they're both stars they're ready to go like you know unleash the, the extended cast too. all the other girls i found it all very believable yeah, ruby cruz is great yeah uh, havana who, rose lou yeah i had never seen her before and no, she's me like either. she's like doing like a lot of like actual acting yeah you know like she's doing like legit acting yeah great balancing of like uh people that you'd believe are actual high school students with characters that are obviously in just <laughs> the silliest like most unrealistic scenario you could possibly imagine yeah. and they all exist in the yeah. same reality but the-
1: suddenly it balances the tones in a really fun way because it's so it's so out there and it's so stylized that like you kind of don't become like hypercritical of stuff and it kind of it without spoiling the movie, it comes back to like a lie at the very beginning of the movie that's told in like very classical like John Hughes almost style storytelling. Yeah, it's so like, it's just it's so familiar. Yeah, like it is. It's it's like a movie movie. Yeah, it
0: has like the false pretense love, you know, the situation yep. just wanting to belong, just it, wanting to fit in. With yeah, the, with exactly. The but on top of that it's like insanity and it, you yeah. know
1: we should say for people because uh, we talked about the movie and not actually describe what it's about. Uh, the basic premise of the movie is that io and rachel senate start a fight club in order to pick up two girls that they like yeah and that's, that's the movie. The, what a pitch of a movie it is it, it's really it's so much fun yeah i actually like think the stunt coordination is fantastic especially in that third act but really yeah. throughout the entire movie if you just like look in the background frame of them like walking through the hallways it's just like insanity happening <laughs> around them at any given time so uh, it's so much fun sh- shout out uh charlie xcx yeah the score Um, oh awesome score yeah really really awesome
0: Uh, mother slayed and left no crumbs (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i also in particular the the two lead football player actors they're basically like i know i i saw people online um, extremely online people on twitter who were like it's funny that this movie's like gay representation but it's still like gay coding its villains or some <laughs> shit like that and it's like would you could you have some fun for a second no one's a villain i can <laughs> this main football guy nicholas uh, gallus scene is so yeah, funny he's yeah.
1: also he was in a uh <laughs> like amazon prime gay uh movie this oh, year the uh, red, red whi- white and royal oh, blue. oh yeah 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 yeah. what a, a fake thing. movie that yeah. was um but yeah no this I, is a
0: great picture yeah it, this this movie's is, it is is outside my and um, my top 20 but and i, I, I really do it. and i do want to I'm, I'm back during the please don't destroy conversation in this because i need to vent about it a little bit go for <laughs> it because so <laughs> dishonorable mention meg stalter is in it who i absolutely love like she's in uh hacks you know she, you know who she is right Ernie, she's, let me let me see the face. She's she's the assistant. She's another person. She got famous on Twitter from like front-facing videos. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. F- I love Meg Stalter. She's probably the best uh, person in the whole movie, and she's just sort of like a love interest. Mm-hmm. The movie chooses to be about John, which is like the third guy. And please don't destroy. <laughs> um, ben is deaf. Like he's given like a protagonist arc, but then he's just off to the side the whole time. Martin, very funny. I, I think Martin is Martin's the best one he legit is he's he's a naturally hilarious guy like it, he got mm-hmm. to didn't he get to make out with Emma Stone facts at, uh, SNL um I think so um good on him and yeah I think I think he does a job where like he's getting laughs out of lines that are like iffy because he is funny he has a funny voice um great delivery so i say like like maybe two thirds into the the whole foggy mountain thing just doesn't need to be there. Like, why do they have to go to this mountain to get it? It's all completely pointless. They get it really easily. uh it's it sound drops so many times. They they do they like sound drop crank that. And again, Soldier Boy. Yeah. And so if anyone were oh, to shit. enjoy that, like it would be me. And I just it never once did it feel it in, hit in, in bottoms when complicated by Avril Lavigne comes oh, in. Man, it, yeah. what a, what a needle drop. And it's because like. In addition to having like, oh, oh fun, fun nostalgia song, like it like is hitting really hard in that moment in the movie. Like it actually makes sense. I'm I'm writing that in for uh, the what Bammies right yeah, now before for the I best forget. Please do. Yeah. One more thing about, I, I didn't have it in uh, In the Please Don't Destroy, they bring in Bo and Yang in this really interesting, like outdoor, like cult setting for like the last third of the movie. And it's like, just make that why, why did you go to foggy mountain like you have Bowen and yang he's funnier than all of you like let him cook he was really good in this crazy strange setting with like cool set decoration it was the only cool looking thing in the whole movie uh conan's also funny in the movie I, conan, conan is in it a pretty good deal i
1: mean once again the only like great snl produced movie that they have made that's just like with their stars while they are actively in snl of the last like 20 years as pop star and i don't think that anything is ever really well they weren't that.
0: i it's, don't even know if they were still there
1: i yeah i wouldn't they, even call that snl leave. they made hot
0: rod like their second year at it's snl hot rod i guess the yeah. thing is they didn't even write hot rod they they mm-hmm. like punched it up like that like for example the weird cool beans thing mm. where it breaks into a song that wouldn't be in any other like that's not in the script but like that's also why that movie doesn't feel like lonely island necessarily right be- because it's like they just kind of took a script and got it uh they these guys wrote this movie it it bummed me out if you don't have money for good effects then don't do a gag that's based on an effect right you know yeah, what i mean that, oh, that ha- trailer it, it, ha- rough. You it happens to, a lot in
1: the movie you There's- have to at least like you have to do it in a way that's fun like i think um There's uh, another movie. It won't be mentioned on this list, but a movie that I really, really loved this year that came out was the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Great movie. Um, And that movie does not have the budget of a marvel movie and almost like pokes fun actively at itself for not having the budget yeah. uh with like the dragon uh just being like a morbidly obese dragon flying around uh fucking the the video that's around of chris pines face like melting as he's playing the loot that, that looked great it looks good but like also it's something that's a cheaper type yeah. of animation to make uh but again it's it's all about who's helming it like dungeons and dragons it's made by john francis daly and jonathan goldstein the guys who made uh game, game night. Made. Yeah. It's, so it's these, it's all about who you have at the helm it just shocked me
0: day. that these guys are they're definitely talented but they're so green and you're you're pairing them up with a director who hasn't directed a movie they just had to fill space on peacock you have that's to all it was. like they needed to be given a director to have a, a fighting chance with this fucking thing yeah. and so it bummed me out and then i watched bottoms and i was like oh movies that's how yeah. you do it. movies movies do it. can be comedies yeah. can live still
1: you that's know what how i mean we do it Bottoms
0: is a great comedy i love it it's my number 10
1: yeah so what? That was like 25 minutes to talk about one movie on number 10. So I think number we're going to bring this up into 10 into two parts. 10 episodes. Um, my number 10, I feel like we're going to have to wait on. My number 10 is uh, Barbie. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to have to wait on it.
0: Yeah. On my list. Yeah, we're going to have to wait it. on it. All right. My number 10, you guys, like I said. Oh, no. He's going to dial into Destiny, isn't he? I had a whole. No way. Journey no Journey. Shut here. up. Here to arrive at this moment. And I had a, a moment of meditation. I I had to, to look inward into my soul and think oh. about what I wanted my list to say about this year in film.
1: Knock of the cabin.
0: Mm-hmm. My number 10 is maestro. Bradley Cooper's
1: okay.
0: Leonard that, Bernstein
1: biopic. Is this a reaction to the reaction? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is a great movie and it does not deserve what is happening to this poor man it's okay to want things what's (laughs) the crime (laughs) in (laughs) wanting to be great to be loved to be adored to put art into the world and want people to connect to it and to respond to it
1: I don't think that that's what people's criticisms are of this movie. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying that it is, though. Some people, people some people are calling it
0: way too sweaty of like an Oscar movie to to try hard. That has been a common that's, okay. theme. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that they can feel that he is trying too hard. And he is. And that's what makes this movie great. He is trying so hard. I have never seen someone try so hard. And there <laughs> are mo- there. I may not agree or understand every choice that is made in this movie. And there are a lot of choices, a lot of choices made in this movie, but I felt something deep in my soul while watching this movie. And I had to rewatch it to confirm it because I did watch it like a couple days before my wedding. And I I was definitely thinking part of the time in the theater, like, should I
1: really be here or should I be planning my (laughs) wedding? and (laughs) lee was actively just getting everything ready final steps and you're like i gotta go see i gotta see maestro so i
0: gave it the rewatch leading up to this episode this week and there's a scene in this movie where um i I mentioned it last time i talked about it where he he conducts the orchestra everyone has given shit about how he practiced for six months about so
1: those people are stupid like that i don't listen to that type uh, of criticism six years this or
0: six years whatever i don't care he didn't have to practice at all it's acting the way the the scene is constructed and the feelings leading up to everything leading up to that moment and the climax that happens in that moment it brought me to tears again
1: hey. again hey mm-hmm.
0: I'm loving this. I I knew what was going to happen. I knew the exact moment. I knew all the beats and it still got me. It arguably got me even more the second time. And yes, there are things about this movie that fall through your fingers. This is a very mercurial movie where like where you're watching a movie you want. a, A lot of times watching a movie is like you're putting your trust in someone and you're grabbing onto a rope in a dark corridor. And you you're hoping that the rope will lead you out of the the darkness of the corridor all the way through. This is a movie that the rope sometimes disintegrates. Sometimes it turns to liquid in your fingers and you don't know what to make of it. And every time you grab another piece of rope, you think you're okay. And it just falls apart. And I don't think that that means that this movie is bad. I think it means that it's artistic. I think to me. This is a movie that doesn't want to conform to just one thing and doesn't want to fit into just one box. And I think that that's the kind of art that Leonard Bernstein made. If I don't know if I know enough about Leonard Bernstein's career after making this movie and his accomplishments. It doesn't do a good job of kind of giving you the overview of what he did, but it gives you a sense of who he was and how he connected with the people around him in his life and how he saw the world and i think that this is going to be wrestled over for a long time as to whether or not this is a good movie whether or not bradley cooper is uh, should be making movies like this or if he should change his career and try to make other kinds of movies that aren't this kind of just like biopicy like serious very like sentimental earnest type of filmmaking or just kind of loosen up and just go crazy which I would love to see but in doing this in following up something like a star is born with something so different I just can't help but love it it's it's not it's not just one thing it's complicated and yes it's messy yes i can poke, poke holes in it it's not perfect but i i'm much more interested in messy art that is trying to say something that is trying to do something different. So maestro,
1: I think that's, that's really elegantly put the way that you kind of broke that down there. I see the thing about maestro and maybe I, maybe I should see this movie again, especially before Oscar time, because it's going to be nominated for a bunch of things. I found this and I said this at the time, whenever I saw it, uh, I think this is a movie with like several 10 out of 10 perfection scenes. Like it is a movie of scenes. And when those scenes come, it's like strap in for the next seven minutes. Yeah. Cause you were gonna be on a fucking ride right Dude's got while it. you were watching this. The scene that you're talking that you referenced in the beginning of him uh orchestra um uh der- The cathedral. Yeah, and the cathedral. Um, that is truly one of the best scenes of the year like it is unbelievable what he is doing with his body and sure you can watch the side-by-side video and learn that see that he like is mimicking leonard bernstein like exactly facial expression by facial expression and that's impressive and all but i think that it more so the effect of it is that it feels so real it feels so lived in um It's one of those like funny things about acting that the more that you rehearse something, the more natural it becomes. And there is a lot of that throughout this. I think that Bradley Cooper, I think it's him and Damien Chazelle as the two best filmmakers alive at filming Hollywood, at filming like a certain type of like old timey Hollywood and the way that it feels and this sense of adventure and wonder i i I mean talking about another scene there's a um i I always want to say that it's anything goes but the the other the the cruise ship uh sequence dance dance sequence interpretive dance that's happening where basically it's like a metaphor of leonard bernstein coming out as as a gay man through dance um i love it absolutely beautiful i just think that there is a lot of connective tissue in this movie that just does not work as well i said at the time carrie mulligan does not work for me in this movie at all i truly like i i have one a broader issue behind the framing device of this movie of it being about uh leonard bernstein and maybe maybe the true maestro is actually uh felicia all along okay sure i guess the problem with that framing device is that i think felicia has one scene in the movie where she isn't alongside leonard bernstein so you can't make a movie that's truly about both of them or we're supposed to come out the other side and think like she was the true hero the whole time yeah. if we don't spend enough time with her i don't know where the balancing oh, sure. act is because also i don't Care for Carrie Mulligan's performance either in this. Uh, I think that she's like, I, I've, she's a half beat away from being a fucking Bojack Horseman <laughs> character. Like, she's literally just like, ah, here's yeah, the well, thing about so, old Hollywood. Ah, so I was is, once, a, I was so once an actor. Plenty.
0: I mean, the, it, kind of everyone in this movie is like that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's because the wider cast doesn't really work for me outside of Sarah Silverman either. Um, I think Sarah Silverman's actually really, really good in this movie. And there's some great, a great scene with Maya Hawk in there. But again, it's just, it's a movie of scenes and it just overall left me pretty unsatisfied. No, that's, that's fair. And I won't say that's bad. I think that if you say that's bad, if you say that's try hard, I don't think like, that's not the criticism at all that I'm levying against it. I'm levying against it that it's just not a complete film.
0: I, I just saw a lot of people like really turn on this movie since it dropped on Netflix and I, I wanted to ride for it. Ernest i appreciate it so much that was the most impassioned like beautifully put case ever made for
1: a number 10 <laughs> <laughs> i know no well, is you started to lose it because you're like it is going to lose you as you're watching it and you're like this is artistic i kind of lost to not having a good time right now but i'm hoping that it will see me through yeah some great moments that's that's what art is don't really care for the ending is another thing about this movie Oh, I love the ending. The ending left me cold. And maybe that part of that is the point. Shout, shout, let it all out. Well, that's, listen, I'm not really going to be mad about Tears I, for Fear. I, though, I, right?
0: I will but say, probably the best old age makeup I've ever seen in my life. And also, Bradley Cooper is incredible in this movie. Yeah. Like, like, he was my number one ballot pick on for the critics group. Because like. For I, director or for actor. For actor. I mean, because yeah. it, imagine losing to Rami Malek
1: Jesus Christ
0: imagine what that does to you he could have either thrown in the towel or done this he was the best actor that year yeah I'm sorry him and his like the it's the problem is that like that movie was like Lady Gaga's you know moment like her movie he is that performance was one of the best I've ever seen. He's fucking amazing in that. He's movie. out of this world. Yeah, and so he comes in hot here, here, and he's showing people like this is how you do it. You don't just put in fucking teeth in and lip sync. This is how you fucking do it. So Facts. you're you're allowed to your to have your own opinion if you don't like it. That's okay. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I just wanted to come in with the defense because I believe this deserves it because I think it's gonna underperform and it's not gonna win anything. And I'm gonna have to keep seeing shots of our boy losing all awards season and it's gonna be heartbreaking. Mm. And it he's is. He is going to become the joker. This is how it starts. So I'm with you, Brad. I'm with you no. till the end.
1: Um, all right. Do you think that he wants to win a Oscar for acting or directing more
0: directing? definitely
1: did you uh see the interview that he had where somebody asked him the, um i think it was howard stern like right whenever this movie came out you just like would you rather maestro win best picture you win best actor and best director or the eagles win a super bowl <laughs> this year? and like without blame, he's just like Eagles super bowl
0: <laughs> yeah which is cool That's our boy that's a that's, cool guy. that's like like you know, in 2K, when you're being asked questions by the press, and there's one that <laughs> increases and one that decreases your reputation. Yeah, you gotta answer eagle No, yeah, I know The got, answer I'm is sorry.
1: obviously Eagle. Like, but it was just it was how fast he said it. It was just like at the moment they said no Eagle hesitation. Super Bowl, he was like, I forgot what you said. The first one was that, that mm-hmm. Eagle Super Bowl divorce. Yeah, no, it's fine.
0: Big ass fan. Um, all right, number nine. My number nine is BlackBerry. Ooh. Let's go. Um, I'm so glad this made the list. We do here i really loved blackberry i i think it's like a very blatantly like flawed movie like it's it's there's like a, a big gap between it and the rest of my list. Basically, I love this. This is my top 15. No, I lo- that's the thing is I love it. It's, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to make it out to be like some, like a perfect, you know, feat of cinema. It's just a really fun watch. It's like,
1: riveting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got pace. It's got performance. Like it is It's a very, cla- it's like a throwback to adult dramas that they just don't make anymore.
0: It is in a way, but then also, you know, Matt Johnson shot it like, Like the shakiest you've ever seen something shot. He shot like fucking Cloverfield. He (laughs) shot it like
1: the. It's like a documentary. Like the pilot of Succession.
0: Yeah, like just (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like wildly shaky to the to a point that it it becomes like a focal point, like of the movie. Like as you're watching, you're like, whoa, this is like so documentary, and it's really enjoyable because of that because it draws you in. Well, and it makes our. Are three main guys funnier because like if putting these guys in like a shot that is so grounded in reality by being so like handheld, you know, as opposed to like putting them in a movie, it's like these are such movie characters Um, like Glenn is going so hard uh, and f- absolutely phenomenal. Like I I loved every second of watching him. He I, I watched this, I think in December, heard plenty about the the Glenn performance. Lives up to you know it fit the bill like it it lives up to everything everyone was saying ferocious great it's a great use of Glenn who has I listen I've been on the Dennis is the best part of Sunny Train since like 2K12 listen Mm -hmm. uh he's he's a he's a fucking actor like he's he's real as fuck Jay uh weirdly really enjoyed him in this like more than i think i ever have uh it's hard to enjoy jay usually (laughs) what are you trying i was talking to a friend of the pod he's still trying
1: to learn how to train his dragon
0: uh about this movie and he had a big problem with jay
1: oh i can see that because
0: jay is like not he's not a great actor but it kind of fits the character like i can see the choice it makes sense, you know, this guy yeah. who's easily manipulated and just constantly outside a step of where you need to be in this industry. And Canadian. Ooh, mm-hmm. crucial. Big up. Um, Yeah, I and it, it ended up working for me, like seeing him in that, like – goofy ass gray, the wig. Great. well what the insane real problem, the problem is when the exactly. wig changes when, yeah. the,
1: when it cuts to the future and he's like the third back. act wig is insane yeah it's one of the worst awful. wigs i've
0: ever seen it's really awful there there are certain things like that where it's like well that's inexcusable um i i just really really admire matt johnson for the way he approached the movie like you, you there was nothing that was calling for this movie to be shot this aggressively in his, and hits style. And for everything to fit so tightly together like my my thing with this movie is that everything everything just locks into place like the acting the writing the directing the music the cinematography like everything fell in lockstep. And you I mean a lot of it is that you ju- you're getting like real uh heavy hitters coming in like it's not this isn't an amateur movie like you're you're being led by glenn who's just absolutely cooking matt is really funny in his part by the end i was a little bit sick of him i was like you're funny he yeah ha ha ha." you know he has one one note that he hits yeah um but then you you know fucking michael ironside's coming in yeah carrie always Always. who like Mm. the last couple years has really changed my opinion of him because i really wasn't a huge fan and he's awesome in this and in mission impossible yeah um Saul Rubinick pops in. Like you're you're getting these, you're getting some dudes. Like this is you know, it has like some guys that I'm sure like Matt Johnson has just like a film like Dork is just like, oh my god, we can get Michael Ironside. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. And he's gonna yell at people. Yeah. <laughs> and <It's laughs> what tell you want Michael Ironside for. <laughs> and on and on top of all that, I think this movie needed to make one of our lists because it has such a lineage to halt and catch fire.
1: Yes. Yeah, it really yes, does. You're right. This does. is this is full circle. Oh. Year six it's it's Year's crossing airs it's about uh,
0: it's about a couple of just losers they just not lose. quite there yeah. and it's <laughs> it's even though it starts in the the 90s it it uh, mostly because of matt johnson it's so 80s yeah. like the way he's dressing you know and everything yeah. with the headband and the short shorts yeah not as sexy as he's so 80s everything he's listening to is wildly 80s um it's just it's a lovely time i really yeah. i enjoyed watching front to back uh, rec- uh you could recommend to just about anybody
1: that's yeah no that's what i was gonna say is like this has such a wide appeal i think that's what i mean whenever i say it's just a very old school movie that you can just throw this on for anybody like i could have thrown this on for my family over christmas and i feel like they would have loved yeah, this and it's Lynn it, howerton is like I think this is the only time that we've ever seen somebody I think even including Charlie Day in this where somebody is like figured out like, ah, yes, that's what makes this guy special as an actor that we can tap into that in this role. Yeah. And they just they fucking nailed it with him. Yeah. He's my favorite supporting performance in a movie this year
0: yeah he he really he like chews up the fucking scenery in the movie it rocks uh there's plenty you know there, there are plenty of like little things here and there where you're like eh. like like you said like things that like lose your immersion like the fucking wig situation truly like upsetting it's so bad that it's almost like they know they're leaning into it yeah Th- that's the impression that they. Get and honestly well honestly a, a bigger problem like at large is like in the beginning, you can you can sort of buy that Jay is like, oh, maybe he just looks a little younger than he is. But at the end of the movie, he still looks young. Yeah.
1: Like that it really is yeah. Of, it really when is. When we were talking trick. about the old person makeup and maestro compared it's, to this, yeah. it's, it's and then a different it, and then different ball game. Uh, you know, sort of just the way
0: that they like you can feel them sticking to a simplified version of reality, like later in the script where it's like, this, you know this could go in a more interesting direction but they're not allowed to mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not they're not allowed to fully change reality right. um that said the the reality of what happened is plenty interesting enough i i i love that this like brings to light like and makes a major plot point out of the idea that apple the way apple took over is by switching what they're taking from you from data
1: you know what i mean yeah yeah from minutes to data because minutes minutes, there's only a finite there's a finite amount of minutes but there's unlimited data yeah and that's and watching it i like i was watching with my
0: dad and i felt like a genius because the whole time like watching it like jay is like well that that thing's gonna eat up data like crazy and i was like yeah that's the point Jay. that's the fucking point (laughs) yeah um so it's it's fun to watch on that front Mm -hmm. because you are we are all you know living in a post even whatever we know about blackberry we know about what happened with smartphones yeah do you guys remember when kids had blackberry messenger at school
1: oh there were dude, like five friends to the pod colin had a blackberry and i was so jealous god, of course because yeah. it was colin like was man it was unlimited kid. fucking texts are you kidding me you, you can to, do you bbm i was like no. god i have to download talk now on my ipod <laughs> touch
0: i think and i think they did a, a pretty solid job of like doing like the uh english please you yeah. know and then yeah. having someone be like basically it this
1: there's a lot of internet just sitting out there and this thing can pull it in that happens like five or six times in the movie that exact thing but honestly i didn't mind because it's it's well written the way that it is explained smartly and then dumbed. and literally
0: in order for them to sell
1: the blackberry they
0: had to do that they did have to simplify like what they what the product was yeah for when they go in the room with verizon to sell it to those execs yeah. yeah right because it was like a novel idea to imagine a world where like something can use also the Uh, internet. Shout out to hockey.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm from (laughs) Waterloo where the vampires live. Dude, Um, dude did not want to run a (laughs) company. Dude. It's so that whole story is so, because I like, after seeing the movie, I went home and like looked up everything that's in there. And it's one of those things where it's like almost even more insane of just like, he really thought that he could just like, hijack a whole team and steal them <laughs> from america without anybody like noticing yeah. it's insane um i was gonna say uh one last thing on blackberry i was uh, talking with friend of the pod joey a couple days ago after uh, isn't
0: that his movie this movie of the year it's one of
1: his movie top movies of the year and one thing that he was saying about that i never really put together until talking with him we were talking about our favorite movies of the year is viewing this movie as a metaphor for filmmaking Mm. and about like cutting corners and yeah. compromising the creative the producer exactly yeah. like and whenever you kind of view it that way it Absolutely. it now made me really want to go home and re-watch this movie well, under that lens because it, that makes so much sense especially in the day and age of like everything is about like okay but like what is the bottom line on right. this especially as movies get more and more and more expensive and the, the
0: zas of the world coming in and just not understanding yeah the, yeah jay um, yeah jay is the you know the writer right he's James Gunn Glenn is sort of the the producer Zaslav well kind of but he's not quite the Zaslav because at a certain point he is getting ticked is yeah. you know what I mean like he's getting overruled right right um and you're, then, you're it's a great point basically yeah. and then Matt is Jason Momoa um, <laughs> Blackberry uh is Drew's number nine uh might submit it for a couple Wabammies yeah uh Let's great start. great movie hunter number nine
1: uh well we're gonna have to wait on another one on my list because my number nine is oppenheimer oh you paired them yeah Oppy, look at me i know up you know i almost cheated uh and said like my number 10 is barbenheimer but then i didn't want to be a fucking asshole because yeah. i don't cheat on lists i just okay. i just know
0: um, that your list is i know it's so annoying i
1: know this is gonna be like number seven is godfather part two i just saw it for the first time this year <laughs> all right so like i said before my
0: number nine and my number 10 had a lot of thought a whole journey to get here so, so and i'm curious i think we're gonna have to wait for this i'm looking at
1: you drew was afraid <laughs> yeah. this is one that i'm sad i did not rewatch before this i, I just I, did not have time for a rewatch, and otherwise i feel like it could have been in the top 10
0: i didn't either but we'll we'll get into it you guys yeah. don't even like movies <laughs> listen all right i love cinema number eight Drew. my number eight's past lives
1: uh, save, save that one save you're that gonna one.
0: have to save, save that, that one gonna have to save it
1: hunter Okay, now that we've gone around the circle here, um, I don't know, Drew. I'm pretty sure you have not seen this. I don't know if I have to wait any more, but my number eight is the Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer.
0: This one was one of the ones I had to cut out. It it was it was tough. Okay, I had it on, um, uh, sort of in the background, and I ignored it.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> you just wanted to live your idyllic life (laughs) yeah yeah i had like family stuff going on yeah i I was hanging out with
1: you're like just like nursing you're like god it's so annoying these sounds of gunshots in the background (laughs) the sound of like people screaming women and children (laughs) for for the longest time i had
0: this on my list and i i it's still in my top 15 but i think from a personal level you just don't you want all the facts on whether or not that stuff happened <laughs> right
1: yeah you're like well i wasn't there so how do we know i think this movie
0: is incredible um, i
1: think i think this is one of the it, one of the the few
0: examples that you can point to of a, of a movie reaching a certain level of attention because I, I think movies like this come out all the time that are difficult but i don't think a lot of movies come out that have this much kind of uh push behind them to get Mm -hmm. to get in front of as many eyeballs as this one is i guess it's high i don't know the budget on this one but it feels like it has a high enough budget that is truly cinema as art as as difficult art as complicated uh art that is not not easy to i to
1: digest it's not cinema as entertainment yes um in a way, it almost feels like eight is like insultingly low for a movie like this. If I was making a movie of just like the objective best movies of the year, it'd be really hard not to have this in the top three or four of the year um, because I think that this is one of those, I hate to use this term whenever we're talking about movies, but like one of the most important movies that you'll ever see in your life. Like I think that this is a movie, uh, for those of you who don't know, this uh, movie is... A uh family drama about a dad who gets told that he has to move to a new town to start a new job. Um only the thing is, uh his family lives literally outside the walls of Auschwitz. He is the he is um, the commander yes. of Auschwitz. The commander of Auschwitz, uh played by uh Christian Friedel, who plays Rudolf Hals. Um it really is kind of a movie that happens at you it's never uh going to explore the the trauma that you're seeing like it's funny thinking about this movie in comparison to something like even something that has true artistic merit and something that's uh academy award winning like schindler's list this movie almost isn't going to give you the satisfaction of being able to see the brutality instead it's just happening in the background the entire time um i think that this is uh i was just trying to look up everyone who is working on the uh sound design but oh i think god, this might be like the best movie. sound design the best sound i've ever heard in a movie in my entire life yeah like i know for a fact this won't win the oscar and that's such a travesty because my god is the sound in this movie so perfect if you haven't seen this movie i especially if you're a fan of film i think that this is about as much of a much must watch as there possibly is um just to uh see what jonathan glazer is doing here i i to be honest i'm a big glazer fan uh i was a huge huge fan of um under the skin that came out ten years prior to this. Mm-hmm. and this is drastically different, although it's also a horror movie in many ways. It's just all um man, we pun saw... very intended under the skin the horror that's happening in this movie we um it, when we saw under the skin,
0: like because it, it was yeah, you said it was ten years ago yeah, yeah. so we saw it like that year when it came yeah. out. Ernie put it on and yeah. like my little brain was just like not ready to absorb like art like that yet. Right. I <laughs> was like, this is nonsense that one that one stuck. I, it's so no good. i mean it's i've so never it's rewatched so that movie and thing. i still think about it's it. Grown oh, it's grown in my so estimation good. like a lot but like back then i was like could you can we put on like, like anything else there's like yeah. a football can we put game a on again the office um, <laughs> please
1: no i uh under the skin i actually watch that movie every few years it's might be it's in my top few uh horror movies of the 2010s uh really love that movie and this is something that's so wildly different that makes me want to go back and see some of some of glazer's earlier work sexy that he's bees done. yeah um i think that the performances in this are pretty phenomenal um i don't know Chilling. if we're gonna see uh sandra cooler in any in another movie that she was in that might pop up on a list or two i'm not sure uh but she was also the star of anatomy of a fall uh which is another big oscar player this year truly like one of the great international breakout stars and is having a fantastic year coming onto the scene here uh the german actress sandra Hüller. it is chilling the way that you just kind of see the the flippantness that yeah. they kind of just deal with uh, everything from just like somebody dumping a bag of clothes that you know were ripped Tr- off.
0: Trying of- on the fur coats.
1: Yeah, trying on fur coats that you know were ripped away from jewish people before they were put in there devastating the the way that they're talking with um shout out to friend of the pod danny um a siemens uh (laughs) representative about the most efficient way to build the gas chambers yeah Yeah. shout to orlando's own um gotta get those kpis up yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) about like oh man so this side will cool as we load in more how many so that we can burn the others over here on this side and it's a constantly revolving thing of 700 per day oh um they're gonna love that the nighttime sequences that happen here when
0: grandma comes to
1: visit jesus christ yeah so uh,
0: and it starts the the sound that's when the sound really starts to creep up a little mm-hmm. bit it never this movie never crosses the, the threshold you're never yeah. in Auschwitz but there are moments where you start to it be the the death becomes more prevalent yes much more visible and hard to ignore because the whole point of this story is that they're essentially ignoring it yeah and there are moments where there are certain characters where it's like what <laughs> it's right
1: there yeah you can hear gunshots happening and that's why the the introduction of the grandma character to the story is so perfect because she hasn't just become completely complacent to yeah
0: that's she happened. notices she it, notices in that, a way oh yeah. i'm just
1: hearing like gunfires and screaming happening at all times and it's really it's seeing the the gas chambers go up in the night and seeing the plumes of smoke billowing the red out,
0: glow the
1: red glow of everything oh <sighs> It's so chilling. Um, there's a sequence, or I guess it's two different sequences in this movie where the film, where uh, Jonathan Glazer makes like the artistic choice to shoot in this like. negative Negative. yeah yeah Uh, it's something i've never really like inverted yeah i've never really seen in a movie before it almost is just like in like a video game where you can like like i've been playing spider-man it's almost like yeah Yeah. you like put a special filter on your camera or something like that like it's unlike anything i've ever seen and especially after seeing this movie a second time i think a lot about those sequences um uh, this is just a movie that just sat with me, and it's grown in my estimation. Like as well, the days go by, when we
0: talked about it last night, I compared it to you know that that idea of us being the bad guys. Of uh, do we know if we're evil? I I compared it to us turning a blind eye to like environmental issues yeah, and e- change, itself. ecological mm-hmm. devastation, yeah. things like that. I also think that this movie is very prevalent too the genocide that's happening in Gaza right now and, and the whole war in, in the Middle East and the idea that like America is not the hero of the story and the idea that we live here and we benefit from imperialism and all we can do is just live and and that's what's happening in this movie is these people benefit from this death and destruction and all they're doing is living so I think this what this movie does is it makes you question like how do you know what evil is how do you know who who is evil and who is not and are you perpetuating it are you benefiting from the the evil I
1: yeah i think that a lot of it is that i think that really what glazer is trying to say at the end of the day is that complacency is the real villainy is that complacency is truly just as bad as like if you just try and just fully know that the problem is there and just throw a sheet over it plant some fucking daisies in the yard and ignore what's happening it's around just you. on the other side of the fence it's that's just as bad. they literally are using the ashes of dead jewish people as fertilizer for their garden yeah um so i know that's Wolf. a feel-good film of the year uh but that is my number eight zone of interest i i think that this is like a borderline masterpiece so
0: not quite as good as maestro huh Definitely. not quite, quite. Huh, ernie not quite <laughs> <laughs> not quite
1: i still have 80 for brady
0: come back i mean um, we go to the bright colors of my number eight barbie hey we gotta wait amen we gotta wait man amen my my number seven is a movie that i gave five stars when we saw it totally forgot about that and it's a number seven um Mm kind of because i forgot about that i guess okay however uh, it's Spider Man across the Spider Verse.
1: Yeah, man. you have to wait on that. that's it, man. We're we're reaching a point in here where there's. I knew that this year was gonna have a lot. There's some like I think that there's a clear crop of moves yeah. towards the top here. Is that why I think this is gonna be a fantastic Oscar year? But that's a different pod.
0: Number seven hundred.
1: Uh, my number seven. I think we're gonna have to save as well, at least for a little bit. My number seven is the holdovers.
0: Yep. Okay, it didn't make my list. It's my yeah. number eleven. Okay, I yeah. I struggle with this with yeah. cutting. You muscle. hate teachers. You think teachers should get paid less. I hate Boston. It's too cold. That's fair. Um. Yeah. This one. This one hurt to cut. We'll we'll get to it. Uh. My number seven is Oppenheimer. Wait a little. Oppenhizzle. Wait a little. Number six. Oh, boy. My number six is uh, Killers of the Flower Moon wow you're gonna have to wait <laughs> all
1: right honor number six i think i might be able to talk about this now my number six um my number six is wes anderson's asteroid city hey man it's also my number six hey didn't, ca- didn't catch this one um should have caught here's it here's the thing about this uh we Will perpetually underrate Wes Anderson until he dies, is I think where we're at with Wes Anderson. I
0: was. This movie was kind of, it was not far, but it was definitely out, like, well outside the top 10. It just kept falling down over the, over and the And then you rewatched the, it, and yeah. it's
1: like, oh shit, is this movie perfect? Is this like a top, top tier Wes Anderson movie? It is. Best since, just uh, in-
0: best since Grand Budapest?
1: I think it's better than Grand Budapest Hotel. Whoa. I don't know if
0: I'd go that far, but yeah. I mean, I'm how many has he bit... done? He so... did Isle of Dogs and uh French Dispatch. French dispatch. That's it, right? Um Is there s- another one in there? I want to say there's more, but I think that's it. You know, you I think you're... since
1: Grand Budapest you might be. You're right,
0: because yeah, French Dispatch fa- is just fantastic. like, it's just just like five Fox different right movies. It? Yeah. So I for, you know, you forget. It's definitely <laughs> better than both of those. And he also had a bunch of shorts that dropped on Netflix that I still haven't gotten around mm. to. Um so he's had a great year and I think that this movie was very divisive. Um I don't I think his movies usually aren't like widely beloved. They kind of just well bring the crowd that they bring in and that's, that's it. That's, he's a very interesting like anachronistic like type of artist because I can, I'm trying to think of a good comparison for something that is weird but predictable. Like weird in the consistently the same way every time right
1: yeah because it's not like a David Lynch thing where it's like I don't know where he's going to take me on this journey you know what you're getting with a Wes Anderson movie and that way it's not like somebody's just like you know what I was out on Wes but now he finally got me back in with Asteroid City his 10th film like you're either kind of in or out but but I think part
0: of the point (laughs) of this movie is I think there's so many thematic ideas stacked into this movie I don't think it's just about one thing But one of the main things that I connected with is I think he's trying to tell people that he has a very particular way of expressing himself through his films. And you have to be willing to accept that, Mm -hmm. that you have, you have to open yourself up. You have to, to create some kind of vulnerability in yourself to be able to take in what he has to give you i think that's what you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep can't means. wake up if you don't fall asleep that's kind of the one of the thesis of this movie is that if you are truly going to experience something new if you are going to uh give yourself over to the artistic vision of an artist you have to be willing to try. You have to be yes. willing to meet that mm-hmm. artist on their turf in some way. I think that's kind of the point of this movie. I also think this movie is about isolation and connection and people
1: who struggle to find people like them. It's a movie about grief. Yeah. In a lot of ways, a movie about grief and just trying to find, yeah, belonging, uh, a sense of self. It's there's so many ideas. Packed it's also into this a thing, a silly uh, sci-fi <laughs> you know that's, that's the thing about this movie and i think this can be said for a lot of wes anderson movies is that they truly have like every single movie he makes has like an iceberg like understanding of them where like dumb guys could watch something like fantastic mr fox and be like oh, man, that looked cool, and I like George Clooney Fox. He's a really cool guy. Or, like, you can kind of read under the layers of everything that he is trying to get across in all these various themes. Yeah, and you can be like,
0: the smart version is like, you know that other Fox is actually Jason Schwartzman.
1: (laughs) And the other one's Meryl. That's like the genius Um, (laughs) brain (laughs) thing. Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman voice? Incredible. Um, He is so good. And it's one of those things where acting performances never get recognized in wes anderson movies because they are all such ensemble pieces but jason schwartzman and scarjo are two of my yes. favorite performances of the year i think that both of them are absolutely phenomenal it's one of the best uses of scarlett johansson i've seen in a movie in years um that's truly knowing like what makes her special as an actress um this movie you you brought up that it's about uh filmmaking and that's about uh kind of the artistry i think that this is also just really about life uh, without yeah. like getting too into like all of the themes of like what is the play about, what am I supposed to do? What's yeah. it's just What's like the point of everything. It's just like you just read the next line yeah. and just kind of figure it out along the way. Um, this does, you know, it's it's a Wes Anderson movie, so it's still gonna have the the dialogue. The, 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 well, it's gonna have the dollhouse effect, not just from the way that it looks, but also from the way that the story is constructed. So this is a and excuse let me know if I get this wrong at any point it is a movie about a play about I guess it's the film adaptation of a play yeah
0: but it's also the play.
1: But as told through like a reinterpretation almost. It's of like, like the, trying to read yeah, what the character. is. It's like a on. televised. And also there's like a, it's play. like doing some like coheed shit where there's like the writer and then there's the actor and they're two separate entities, but also happening at the same time. So you get these kind of cutaways and it's shit like that where I can understand why the layman uh, just might just be just solely yeah. out at that point. Uh especially because the dialogue is happening so much is happening and like snappy and happening right at your face. But also And that your deadpan eyes, delivery. <laughs> also like it's like the subway surfers thing of just like you like want to like look around at everything <laughs> that's happening on the outside and you're like, wait, sorry, you were talking right now. <laughs> what did, what just happened there? Look at the most gorgeous um, frame ever. It's so beautiful. The color palette of this yeah. movie just every single shot here i'm like fucking freeze frame that shit and throw that shit up looks great it's, on 4k it looks gorgeous yeah. um really gorgeous rendition I, you have the 4k i don't have a 4k of this i just have the blue on, uh, on um, amazon prime it's streaming on 4k wow. oh look at that uh wes anderson weirdly doesn't do a lot of physical 4k releases
0: uh criterion it'll be yeah. it'll be a criterion be,
1: that's that's what we'll have to wait for is criterion um but yeah, no, this is absolutely beautiful. Um <laughs> I think that it's kind of perfect for this movie to come out a year after the whole like um Dolly ai yes. like oh man look accidental wes anderson wes and, anderson ooh.
0: is just like
1: symmetrical framing and bright yeah, colors like it's something this movie proves <laughs> that
0: it's so much more than that <laughs> a computer so, could
1: never come close to even writing like a fraction of what it's you're so rich it's, and layered and, and, and human and literate it's it's so gorgeous i i I like cannot stop thinking about this movie. I like the whole third act of this movie is so beautiful and gorgeous and th- the way that it rewards rewatches is really amazing yeah. like a lot of Wes Anderson movies. It's a lot better in the second rewatch. I started rewatching it for a third time actually and because like there's lines that call back at the beginning of the movie that call back to the end of the movie that then call back to the beginning of the movie and, like kind of recontextualize yeah. different things. Insane so cast. Funny. Absolutely just
0: everyone not, not is in this man from tom hanks to margot robbie the jeffrey
1: wright uh monologue yep. that he has is so good <laughs> so,
0: it's so good it's unbelievable it's uh it's ass maya hawk is steroid in this
1: uh adrian brody yeah boy and of course jeff goldblum
0: as yeah as a little goldblum. green man
1: jeff goldblum as, in, as the little guy
0: i uh i i always thought like what would Wes Anderson do with a sci-fi movie? And I never, I never imagined this. It's just, it's unlike anything I could have imagined. It's yeah. He just and, gave us something. special. Uh,
1: he's not going to get, I would love to say like, whenever we talk about our winners of the year, I wish that we could put Wes Anderson on there between this, between like Henry sugar and like all the short films they has, but it feels like Nobody is seeing these things, or going to give him any awards for any of these things. So it's just going to go by the wayside. The fact that this doesn't isn't going to get a cinematography or like a fucking production design Oscar nomination is going to be such a tragedy years from now. Like, I are you kidding me? We're going to award the dollhouseification of something like Barbie, but not something like yeah. Astro say which i'm not putting down barbie barbie is an unbelievable production design but how can we reward one but not reward the other that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. i love this movie so much i like the production design of fucking leonard bernstein's nose i'm
0: gonna be looking forward to watching don't like that nose brother (laughs) i got news for you i'm gonna be re-watching this for a long time um definitely one of my favorite Wes's. um let me let's see uh, just real quick where i put it in my rankings
1: uh, I put it fourth. I think that's pretty solid.
0: I stand I by that.
1: I haven't updated my list. I would put it. I think right now I have Tenenbaums, One, Rushmore, Two. This might go at three. Yeah, it's um, it's worthy. I and that's not, I've never seen Moonrise Kingdom. Um, great
0: movie. All I, his movies are
1: fucking yeah, great, they're man. They're all great. All bangers.
0: He's he's one of our greats, and I. You're right. I do think we. We take him for granted. We underestimate it's, him. I know. I'm st- I'm still searching for a good analogy here with him because it is it, there are a lot of athletes that are like this where they they hit you know they hit like where they're gonna get pretty early and it's like well that's still great. Like and that guy's doing that every year. Yeah, it's like KD. And or he something. does the, the, the you know same what I mean? thing. Yeah, it's not quite KD, but
1: <laughs> no, someone he's someone had who, like a hated phase where people are like, "Fuck Wes Anderson." Someone who
0: sharpens who sharpens the the tip
1: more and more. Who just does that one thing. You know, it's really good at that one thing. I'm trying to think of like, what is a good sports now? It's almost like he's almost like a Chris Paul, where it's just consistent. You know exactly what he's going to be whenever he's there. And you either love him or you hate him, but you just he's just a person who consistent. just consistent yeah he's but somebody who like other players love and respect the hell out of that's even a good if one. other people don't really like care for no him. that yeah that
0: is a good one it's just chris paul is one is a dude who like you could also argue is like the best
1: he got close to the apex uh with grand budapest but still didn't quite get over the hump
0: that's all right. <laughs> i got i gotta workshop this a little that's bit. i mean that not, remains. not enough not enough awards like chris paul mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah good point yeah facts all right, so Astro City is Hunter 9's number six. I, I don't remember if, if this is passed for both of you. It's passed for you, Hunter. My number five is Oppenheimer.
1: No, let's talk about Oppie. Right, Ernie had it right. at number seven, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're number five, Ernest number seven, and my number nine so wow this is actually lower than i was expecting to be on either of your lists i'm actually kind of shocked. I, by I had it a little you higher you guys are both out here just fucking jerking nolan's junk right into your mouth slobbering it all around
0: and you're well, one you're out here being like yeah no i thought it was cute
1: yeah it's cute I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> it's even on your just list barely Hunter. beat out trolls band together <sighs> it's that's what i'm saying is the, the he, biggest he loves oppenheimer and he talks about it like he doesn't i'm just kidding i it's it's a bit at this point oppenheimer is great man it's i awesome i re-watched it um or i should say i i started it i didn't finish it um <laughs> i'm just like i'm just like joe coy kill me
0: um but, i watched uh, it three times in the theater it man. was the press screening we went to then I saw it at the big fucking yep. point IMAX. And then I saw it on IMAX 70 millimeter film in San Francisco.
1: That I'm jealous that you got to see it in the 70 Dude, millimeter. Part. Like that. I'm I will never about.
0: forget it. Shout out to Brett um, and Annette that we went together. Um, shout out to Lee who was doing computer work in the lobby the whole time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Lee was awesome. just like three I hours.
1: I think what? I'm good. I can crank out some emails. I think I'm good.
0: Um, well, she, she went. Yeah, she went the. Yeah. To the, to the screening with us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those three times, like every single time I felt like I got something more out of the movie, like this is such a dense, rich movie that I think on first viewing feels like you can't quite get your arms around the whole thing. Yeah. And you really need at least the second, I think the third is a little overkill, but you at least need the second one to really grasp Everything that Nolan is trying to do here. This is by far his most ambitious movie. And this is a guy who made three Batman movies and Interstellar, this, uh, Inception. Yes. I mean, and this is the guy who made tenet Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um
0: No, I think that, but that the no, thing but, is. But for real, that's a fucking complicated, yeah. ambitious movie that nobody else would make.
1: This is by all accounts such a down the middle movie that it is kind of surprising for it to be a Nolan movie maybe that's why I think that this is Nolan's best movie especially after seeing this like two and a half almost three times like I I think that this is going to go down as his like his magnum opus his apex he's gonna win the Oscar he's gonna win the Oscar this is gonna win best picture um I and you know I think I've kind of come to terms with that that I'm it's gonna be one of the best best pictures in a long time in a long in a long time i don't know it's not like ever or anything like that like it's not in the top 10 of all time but like oh if you just look at the 21st century like when you look it's at like up there it's it's there have been some real fucking yeah. stinkers it's easily the best best picture winner since parasite yeah like it's not as good as parasite but like it's the best one since then and i think that this is a movie where the highs are fucking momentous i think the first like 15 minutes of this movie hit so hard that can you feel the music mm-hmm. that score ludwig's score is unbelievable king it's It's really, I I feel like, especially in our critics group, I kind of had to be like anti-Ludwig for a bit because I was just sitting here waving the Daniel Pemberton and uh, the Robbie Robertson score flags for so long. But, god damn, is this score so good. It it, it has this propulsive nature to this movie. Killian Murphy is unbelievable. I think that my criticisms of the movie are like, I, I harp on those because I nolan is one of those directors that i feel that i can feel myself being hypercritical towards because he's like so close to being like my favorite fucking director and he always just makes like one or two choices that i'm just like ah emily blunt's character just kind of sucks and like you just have to learn to accept the warts with something like this but i mean the the highs of this movie are unlike anything else the highs of this movie are some of the best and yeah and that's
0: that's just that's a hard thing to navigate in such like a dude a dude centric movie like a movie that's just about like a million guys so many
1: guys it's it's too, the all time, the guys the first time we watched it it was flat out too many guys that <laughs> makes it you need to watch it twice just because you don't know who all the guys are yeah and it's so
0: like wait that's einstein so i think <laughs> the reason it's it, it's a problem is because nolan does this even in times where it he doesn't have to he makes the female character just serve as a window into the male character in this case, it makes more sense than usual uh, because, again, it, be, it becomes sort of like a Sophie's choice of like, okay, do I include her and sort of like artificially inflate this arc that doesn't really matter? Or do I exclude her from the movie and have everyone yell at me for that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not her fault that she isn't like incredibly crucial to the story of the atomic bomb. No, it's not. He's her also fault. just bad at writing women. Yeah, yeah no, that's it's what not I'm her fault.
1: Uh, the problem is that I think I would have been fine with it, but back the people, there's a like big contingent. Of people who are like Emily Blunt for best supporting actress yeah what that's what doing? makes me mad yeah, like this insane. is insane this is an abomination because well, she's a great actress. actress and she does
0: a good job with the role but it's not a well-written yeah, it's just role.
1: like oh, i hung up i took the sheets in
0: i i think that this movie it, it it's trying to do a lot of really complicated things and i think that one of the things that it manages to thread the needle is this idea of a man who is obsessed with visions in his head mm-hmm. and Everything is amounting to these visions being taken out of his head and into the world. And that's why like in, um, letterbox, I, I love, um, changing the, the posters. You can do it in, in uh, a uh, patron, if you, uh, if you pay for letterbox, I changed the Oppenheimer poster to the shot of him with the goggles looking at the Trinity test because That is the moment in the movie where everything collides. All the work becomes real. And what happens after the Trinity test? They build the bomb, they put it in a box and they take it away to drop it. And it's taken away from him. Mm -hmm. All that work, all that buildup is just out of his control. And what this movie does is it tells the story of this man who is so in his own head and yeah i think that he does have a certain level of aspirations for recognition in his work and he has some level of self-awareness of his genius but at the end of the day it's a, it's a story of a man who just has this these obsessions these visions of a subatomic world and needs to get them out and what happens when that when he does that the fucking basically the apocalypse or yep. something short of it. Yeah. Right. And that's the energy that this movie is carrying. Is like how can one person's actions, how can one person's work, one person's obsessions lead to one of the most yeah. monumental yeah. events, well in and human what history? and what you're describing like Leaves so much to be carried by Killian and he does it so much better. I was, I had a little bit of hesitation about him being the focal point of the movie. I was like, Oh, you know, you you saw the cast list before watching and you were like, Well, maybe it's just like a true ensemble because he's never been the guy, yeah, but it's not. There is a massive ensemble, but we are, he is the son, like we're following him and all of this, like. I- immense like enthusiasm and and the layers of depth that he contains you see on Killian right um and you see in his eyes in a way that I hadn't seen in his other oh, performances he's, in IMAX he's usually sort of playing at least in what I've seen him in he's playing someone a little more glassy-eyed a little more mm-hmm. uh a little more like stone-faced yeah a, he, a he's, true supporting role and like is
1: really what he's been in his entire career up to this point i
0: mean he's plenty stone faced in throughout this movie i think that yeah. this the way he plays oppenheimer is a is a man who you don't view him as a womanizer a debutante <laughs> he there is well there is a spark to him but he is that's the thing Largely though. very quiet yes but that's i mean that's exactly sort of what the doctor called for and i think that that's something that Nolan also got really right in his script is like Oppenheimer also was chosen to helm the project because he was a personality and was like known as sort of a good communicator of the science, a politician. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just his brain. If it was a guy who was just all brains and no anything else, like we wouldn't be able to watch the movie, but like what they are, what him and Killian are conveying is someone with personality. Like he had that. It's just, personality for a genius scientist
1: yeah like not not like you know
0: not personality for like uh, a socialite right right, you know
1: it's funny uh i was catching this on like my third rewatch of this movie is that like and this is something that i don't know if i've like ever really said before while watching a movie or it's not something that i i feel generally but like typically this type of story that's just like this is about a great man and it's all about this man and everything else sometimes i just kind of roll my eyes at that part and i'm like all right but what else is going on here. This is a movie where I think that where it struggles is where we get rid of where we get away from what Nolan does best, which is making a great man movie about like a man just on a goal to do one thing, and he's just got to achieve this one thing. Which is, half and I think this that that's movie, yeah. that exactly. It's only about half this movie, and I think that there is just a bit of shag, not just the third act with the RDJ stuff, but like with. All of the setup for the communist plotline, I think that it's all just, like, I get why it's there, like, that it adds this whole element of, like, him taking away from, like, losing his security access, doing so have to go through, like, every single point in his life where it's been questioned, his allegiance, and all this X, Y, and Z. I get it. But i think that that is where you can kind of feel the shag especially like once they get to trinity and they start putting marbles in the ball i'm like yes we're in let me stay here yeah, we're cooking. and then it's like why are we talking to casey affleck right now i do not care about casey affleck and what's going on oh uh, i here. love casey um, affleck yeah. no he's good but i just uh, a maybe awesome. that was maybe that was a bad example but like it's whenever we are leaving the scenes it's him and really it's matt damon in those fucking in those scenes of adding so much heart to this movie. love damon i think that damon is such a glue to this movie and i think that whenever i've been critical before of the third act of this movie i think it's the lack of damon that you can really feel because he had so much heart and soul and he's so much of like us in the movie of just being like this is the most important thing to ever fucking happen (laughs) like that's what you need i think i think you're
0: touching on two things one is first of all, Nolan can't help himself. He has to be Nolan. He has to stack multiple timelines on top of each other. We'd be cutting back (laughs) and forth between Oppenheimer and all these different points in his life, because that's what Nolan does. He wants you to draw these conclusions across time. And the other thing is it's, I think it's very important for us to see that this is not just a story about Oppenheimer. Like that's kind of the big point of this movie. It's called Oppenheimer. But the the fact that Louis Strauss is such a, a key part of this movie, all the black and white sequences, the whole point of that is the idea of white, powerful men dictating the course of human history, mostly just talking in rooms, arguing with each other. That's where these decisions are made made that's where these atrocities
1: happen all the worst things because in the world a scientist didn't look at him right it like, it like, that's, A petty uh, issue i think that pet that is one thing that rules about this movie is like the entire like legacy of a human being and everything just comes down to just like pure pettiness right that rocks, and that's that's
0: that's humankind and mm. that's men men rule the world and men are a lot of times really petty and are unable to let things go and, and, and move on and, and fixate on these see these stupid things. And when you put someone in a position of power like this, they'll make a, a decision that has reverberations across everything. So when you're talking about the atom bomb, when you're talking about the H bomb, when you're talking about escalation and, and a war with. Uh, the Germans and the Japanese and the cold war with the Russians. Like it's all based on just who these people are in a room talking to each other. What are their relationships like with each other? I think that's one thing that this movie gets right. And sure it has its shortcomings and there's a lot of issues that, that you can have with it that are valid. But I think that the idea of, of zeroing in on these smaller conversation set pieces. This is such a talky movie, a three hour talky movie that made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. There's something incredibly just poignant and resonant with how, w- what impact this story has had on humanity and on, on the world. So yeah. that's Oppenheimer. Okay. Oppenhizzle. Oppenhizel. Number five hundred
1: um top five okay we are at a little bit of a break um in the tier the tier there's actually there's more of a tear jump in my top four my number five we might have to wait a little bit my number five is past lives
0: yeah gonna have to wait just a bit okay my number five is i oh i guess we are still gonna have to wait for this it's Mm. pillars of the flower moon uh wait drew the holdovers Let's get into it. That's my number seven. Absol- it's, it's my 11. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Paul just, Giamatti is just a, f- a king. A pleasure. A pleasure to have in class. Uh, I uh, went to see this on a little date to the Enzian with my wife, Lee. And My wife. Wow, he's very nice.
1: Uh,
0: we both love the film. Um it's got such a nice like wintry aesthetic to it where it's like it's got this like icy cold center but it's got a nice warm
1: blanket around it. It's kind of like an instant Christmas classic in a lot of ways. It's a movie that like I'm going to return to on holidays. I loved it. Man, I this love movie the it's so good. It's I'm, so good. I got to be honest. This is my first
0: Alexander Payne movie I've ever seen.
1: Oh, have you ever seen, seen like election or um i haven't seen Sideways. a lot of well i just said either
0: i just said so you don't need to bring up the specifics or about
1: schmidt's or the descendants or downsizing even oh I, uh, oh i've seen down i see no. downsizing every christmas yeah, okay <laughs> i uh i love the that's your arbor day film
0: your family arbor day film <laughs> the descendants with uh with clune dog eh. um I it's have, written by our boy the dean mm-hmm. gay dean he Won the uh, the Oscar. Yeah, I did check out Sideways on DVD from the local library. Nice. So that's that <laughs> is sitting on the shelf waiting hey, for me to get to. Give shoot me a text when you're okay when you're firing that bitch up. Yeah, with PG. Um, Paul Giamatti is truly one of a kind. Can't. It's one of those performances where I couldn't really name another guy who takes the role and makes this movie what it is. Apparently, uh, it was written for him. Yeah you you feel it. You know what i mean like it's just it's just a paul role um we're really we're dealing with like a three-headed monster here between him and then dominic sessa who has never acted in a first role
1: unreal never been uh been
0: in front of like a camera before they they scouted (laughs) this kid out at some prep school he literally he was a theater kid literally just because he got hurt playing hockey like it's a true and then like he looks like you know he looks like a movie star version of bob dylan like it's crazy it doesn't make any sense um he's absolutely phenomenal perfect for the role great like all the credit in the world to that uh casting you know department like, and then uh Devon joy randolph who rounding out the trio yeah probably
1: gonna win an oscar yeah looking like at this point
0: she plays mary lamb middle very. name had a little
1: <laughs> <laughs> very very <laughs>
0: balanced very balanced trio here where each one serves a very specific purpose. Like the, the, the student is very kind of, I wouldn't say full of life, but definitely more energetic of the three. No. Yeah. And then Paul is very resigned to his existence. And, uh, then Mary is just like kind of grief stricken and trying to trying to hold everything together. It's it's just awesome it's three people that have no business being together but hey they're holdovers right you know what i freaking mean and it's the holidays and i i just couldn't have been happier with this movie it because it has you know it's taking pieces and parts from Absolute classics that we all love. It's taking from like Dead Poets. It has that prep school yes, vibe. Absolutely. Yes. It's taking from Breakfast Club with the like, oh, we're all stuck here. I guess we'll we'll get along. Vibe. Yeah. Like it has all of that. But I, I, I don't want to. I don't think it's. I like it better than Breakfast Club. But I think I actually like this better than Dead Poets. Straight up.
1: You know, I think that this is. I don't know about if I like it more than Dead Poets. I think that that's one of those things that like time will tell for something like this it's, because dead poets is like a movie i've lived with my entire life i know
0: oh and like the, i think the biggest difference is that this one doesn't have that the crescendo and the big climax that dead poets does it doesn't have the oh captain my captain moment it has like a very insanely effective like teary goodbye yeah instead
1: I don't know about you guys, but this is one of those movies that as I was watching, I was like, this is really good. And then like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is great. And I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. And I was like, oh my god, is this a perfect movie? It keeps one-upping yeah, itself in, f- in set of quality. It makes pretty much like Every right choice that you can make as a screenwriter when writing this exactly. Movie. It starts out and you really think it's Dead Poets mixed with like we're mixed with Breakfast Club. It's gonna be an ensemble piece with all these kids and we're all gonna be stuck here together. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, actually, no, everybody else gets the break except for us three. We're just stuck here. And then it's like, we're just gonna be stuck to this one thing. And I minor spoilers, I won't get into anything too much, but like We're just going to all be stuck here in this one place. And it's like, actually, no, just kidding. We're going to go out on a whole like trip. We're going to go to see Boston and everything else and go have fun. And then it goes to another location based off of Boston, which that whole sequence is like the probably like the most affected I have been in a movie all year.
0: You get to love these people. That's all you can ask for from a movie is just to spend two hours with some characters that you learn to love and that's really all this movie does is you it's not that complicated you don't need atom bombs you don't need (laughs) uh blackberries you don't but also it's hard to pull off something like this where it's it almost it it reminds me of it's like what I said last week when we did our music episode about Pine Grove, where they they find little pockets of like classic Americana, where yeah. you're like, wow, no one did that one, right? Like, no one did quite that one yet, right? And they and it feels like so cozy and familiar, but it's its own thing, yeah. yeah. Like that's so fucking cool to me. The guy who wrote it is a, a lifer in the TV world, like written a million different TV shows. You know what he wrote? two episodes of Ernest. what traffic light <laughs> <laughs> holy shit oh yeah he looks like he wrote traffic light <laughs> 20 2011 uh i think one season long sitcom that ernie and me wow. both watched this is his only uh feature script no this one's ever. saying he wrote he wrote some kitchen confidential with our boy wow. <laughs> with our boy leonard bernstein wow, he, what coops himself what that's wild <laughs> he it's it's so awesome yeah that he he came out with this which feels like if anything you would at least imagine it's an ad- adaptation of a novel yeah mm-hmm. like because these or like a foreign film because or these yeah, yeah these characters are just so homey and small and understandable like it's it's written like a play like it's so yeah. uh it like the the articulate nature of paul's character makes so much sense he always has to come in with some zinger i know based Dude, in and history. it makes sense because he is playing like a really annoying yeah. educated and guy i love it he's so <laughs> fucking annoying I
1: it's so him good at the bowling alley <laughs> is so fucking funny like there's yeah, so When he's talking kind of to
0: those rent the santa <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and he's, he's just like santa's origin is actually <laughs> and like he's in boston you're like oh my god is he gonna get his fucking ass beat at this bowling alley in boston it just sort of the reason (laughs) it's great the
0: reason it works as a throwback in addition to the fact that it just like you know is a throwback uh temporally speaking is it i don't know i just i like the idea of people learning to get along when they know that they don't even like each other yeah they don't like each other but they get along like the, there's a moment like later in the movie where dominic says says to paul he's like you know that people don't like you right <laughs> like it they have like an it's it's more of an understanding than it is an affinity yeah. they don't like each other but they really get along well, I, i'm going to spoil one one small detail that really like hit me is the moment when when he realizes that they both take the same and other
1: Oh, man, that's
0: such a good moment because that tells you everything you need to know about what this movie is trying to say about these characters is like all three of these people are so different, but
1: they're really not. Like, yeah, They're really, Oh they're, no. there's a lot in common. Yeah, They're, they're all like kind of broken Yeah, in a way. Like, and that's why they they find each other. Yeah. It's like, and that's what separates them. And that's what it makes it a smart move to not make this a full ensemble piece because you can tell from the get-go, there's like three dudes that were in that group of boys that was like, I'm going to hate these guys the entire <laughs> movie if yeah. they're here. And yeah. they're like, we're going to dispel with these
0: yeah, people. It's a like, great choice. And these, so these two like male leads both suck. The reason that, divine Joel randolph is named mary lamb is because she is infallible like she truly is like just a phenomenal person in the movie like you know what i mean like you don't the cracks in her are that she's suffering yeah like it you know she gets drunk because she's suffering so hard like she's like atlas in this movie just shit just keeps like job. you know shit just keeps getting like stacked on top of her right um and it's the result it's just like a lovely chemistry between the three of them i love every single scene with paul and just her Mm -hmm. Um, the way, yeah, the way that they watching, uh, the newlyweds together, yeah and paul's just like
1: i've never seen the television show.
0: <laughs> you want to fucking kill him every I, every time he talks you want to kill him
1: but it's like so good it's mixed with that but also it's just like lines it, it's the lines that could be laughs that are then just mean so much more like the whole thing of like i never know which eye to look at and then whenever at the end of the movie when you get the thing when he walks out of the room and just says it's this one this is the eye. Oh. It's like tears man i man. was like man this is fucking screenwriting right that was movies. i know
0: just awesome <laughs> such an 80s line like which is Ugh. where everything comes together and it's not in a big explosive way it's just in like a distilled way right it's it, all character oh, based yeah i know and it also like speaking toward the fact that this is pulling from influences there's so much in in Sessa's character and performance there's so much holden caulfield from catcher in the rye even though uh he's definitely like a good amount older than holden is in that book but like this script Takes the structure of Catcher in the Rye.
1: This this was the exact comparison the guy made whenever we watched this movie. Is that there's so much Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. Like what this? Well, yeah,
0: because a just like the like Northeast prep school uh over a break aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. that's what Catcher in the Rye is. And then B, a kid who just thinks that he's above everyone else and thinks everyone else is full of shit. And and then. Uh, And the, the arc also follows exactly the same with Paul's character, which is why this elevates so highly for me. It's like it structurally, it follows something like Catcher in the Rye, which plenty of other things have this structure where like, you know why they're acting the way they're acting, but you don't know the specifics. But you're like, both of these guys have experienced something horrible. yeah, And that's why they're like this. And then at the end, you find out exactly what it is. And that's the final piece in the puzzle. Like that's it clicks. That's yeah. That for me is like you. You know, people talk plenty of shit about Salinger and Catcher in the Rye. That is the lasting influence to me is that idea. I, I am an absolute sucker for that. When you know that someone is damaged for a reason, then you find out the reason, and it's like, yes, that's the reason. Right, a hundred percent, that's the and, reason. And also, just you know, the whole the whole story, you know that they're they're on a track of self destruction. Like that, they're not. The All of the decisions that they're making to put themselves on this path are their own, right? And they try to blame everybody else. They try to say that, oh, they're just getting screwed over, but they're so smart. Their intellect is so high that there's no possible way because they're... They're doing it to themselves. Right. And I think that that's what this character is, is, yeah, like, there's a lot you can point to as to external factors as to why they're in this situation. But also, it's, like, at a certain point, like, you're smart. You, You could put yourself on a certain path if you wanted to but you'd rather put yourself yeah. on this path and, because you want to be self-destructive and again, yeah you
1: want to just kind of constantly get in your own way yeah. and like you could do these things recognizing that that's there but then still choosing yeah, hey, to go uh, down this
0: path speaking of boston by the way drawing full influences what happened to paul not necessarily what happened but like where he is stuck at in life uh goodwill hunting
1: anyone oh, robin, yeah. robin yeah. Williams. anyone yeah. Yeah. yeah guy
0: who's just like educating at such I, a low level right you know what i mean man, when he's capable
1: of so much more
0: yeah, yeah. no it's true i, it's I true. loved i loved all all those scenes in boston are you saying wo- that
1: boston is where people go and they just want to settle <laughs> for life no it's
0: where they go when to find themselves they were born and that was their destiny <laughs> yeah. yeah we
1: were always we were always meant to end up there
0: nice uh um, nice sweatshirt
1: hey listen i'm wearing it in honor of the hoodie Belichick. <laughs> In honor of himself, uh, yes, he is oh. bittersweet day for me. Do um, you think he something exists? of a something of a holdovers day for me? Do you right? think he exists uh, in the world of the? Holdovers? I'm going get the same antidepressants as yeah, no, 100. How old was he? I bet, he? Was I bet he like 10. No, here's the thing. I bet Giamatti is like so into Belichick, and like this might this might have been the news to like break his soul today. The, ca- the character, the character might have killed himself. Paul, the today. Paul character, yeah, um, that uh professor might have died today <laughs> with the news that he's out
0: uh, um i no. loved all the boston stuff in this movie it's i great. i yeah. i great. went to that outdoor bookstore and, i've been there that's that and right. when i saw it on the big screen lee and i were like oh my god we were
1: there did you we also have a uh, a lady of the evening come and approach you while you were in the bookstore in like the middle of the day unfortunately not and you I were wish. like haha ha, i don't want any <laughs> pussy <laughs> no thank you <laughs> come now let's go see a do cinema guys,
0: do you guys remember when i was sending pictures in the chat of like the guinness world book of records from like 2002 i do remember was that from that outdoor yeah.
1: bookstore they Where were, were selling it there yeah that's a, cool that's a lot of oh. great picks um yeah no that whole like i said this is a movie that's like constantly one-upping itself and it's one of those i like i really haven't seen a movie like this in a long time that feels that way that it just like every decision where there was like a crossroads where they could have gone like the safe route, and it's like, ah, this is gonna be a solid seven. It's like, oh, this is gonna be like a, a really enjoyable eight, and it's like, fuck, this is a nine. And it just like kind of keeps Man, going as the, you're watching it, like in
0: real time. Yeah, while it's, maintaining such a feel, it, like, yeah. it has such a firm grip on what it is. Yeah, the yeah whole it's not time.
1: like it, I know we're gonna talk about a movie like, um, I I, it hasn't come up yet it's gonna come up a movie like poor things where it's like the ambition of something like this is like so wild it's flexing on its surface there isn't really that anything like overly ambitious about something of the holdovers it feels like a safe story but it's something that is just like pinpoint perfection yeah like it's, they know exactly which lane to go. Down, it's important which to, to have
0: movies like this. It's important to have movies that aren't trying to flex that aren't trying to be these big gargantuan feats, these, these colossal masterpiece achievements that are just a simple movie about these lovable characters. Mm-hmm just trying to get by like yeah we need this we need this and for it to be done this way and like you guys are saying to make these very specific choices in the storytelling like a scene like the christmas party where he goes oh. to flirt with the with uh, the with the
1: co-worker and there's hurts, that shot shaman- hurts my soul man one of the there's like a few of those in this movie that like are just like crushing yeah. as he was. or them.
0: even when when dominic says character is flirting with that girl and You know, she's like, oh, are you trying to look down my shirt? Any other movie, you'd probably get a lot of scenes with that actress. And this movie doesn't do that. They probably shot a lot of stuff and then they looked at it and they were like, you know what, this is the only moment that we need to tell this story and then we can move on. And it doesn't feel like you were cut short of a potential subplot. It just feels like you got just enough to learn more about the characters that were
1: following. Um, one thing I want to say, which is it does border on spoilers. So skip ahead like 30 seconds, uh, 30, 45 seconds. Um, the moment where Dominic Sessa says, I'm going to go see my dad. I, that's, that's all I want to do is I just want to go see my dad. I knew like immediately I was like, his dad's not fucking dead. And like, it's seeing that whole scene play out is like probably the most emotionally affected I've been by a movie this year. Of just like. He goes to Cuckoo's Nest. Fucking gut. And as you see it in real time, you can just kind of see it in the moment. He's just like, I think they're putting something in my food. I was like, oh no. Oh, this hurts so much. You can just see it. And you can. This is like the thing that completely tore his life apart and put him where he is and it's not his fault it's not anyone's fault it's just something that happened in life that happened to him and that's why he's stuck in this bad situation yeah. it's it's one of those things where it recontextualizes so much about the movie that you've seen leading up to it as like these are all just truly broken people that are stuck in this situation together
0: mm-hmm. i i think it's a kind of a perfect movie yeah like, i i uh
1: it's phenomenal
0: yeah it, it absolutely blew me away i want i want to get like wrapped around with it i wanted to like give me a hug i really think that this is kind of like
1: an instant holiday classic yeah. i uh the people because this movie hit the cock uh, a couple yeah, weeks ago cock. um and there was like the whole like i watched this with my family and it was mids thing i fuck you um, yeah. stop being so cynical hey, and just learn to like enjoy things again.
0: shout out to fucking paul giamatti out there he's on mark maron incredible he is, episode he's on
1: the trail and i love to see it on npr dude like at in and out i at in and out rules what do we think it is it just is it still killians or is there a chance for giamatti because it's now too giamatti think- is fully replaced bradley Cooper. Yeah. bradley cooper is found dead in a ditch maestro is a. Uh, unfortunately his drink got spiked in the club and he uh passed out during the second uh the the second half they're gonna and be shout okay buddy. Never woke up they're gonna be okay um so it's giamatti versus killian is there any shot for paul for our boy there's definitely a shot for big Paul. is great himself? um qu- one quick
0: alexander payne shout out so many scene transitions i don't want to say all of them but all most of them are fades yeah it's very seventies. I yeah, mean, he wants
1: a, this movie to I, feel like a Hal Ashby movie. Um, it's gauzy. Yes, so much Hal Ashby. Yeah. Movie. So much like Harold and Maude, yeah. except they don't fuck. Uh, it's, in this it's, movie. it's a comedy. god. I wish they fucked. God, if only they <laughs> fucked. Um, ah, uh, there's a Adam Neiman, uh, writer. Um, I think he meant this as a negative, but he said this movie is like beaten to death. Is like being beaten to death by a Cat Stevens album, and I think that's a positive. <laughs> For me, I'm like <laughs> sign me the fuck up for that.
0: Uh, I love the 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 arm break scene.
1: Oh man, that's, that's a great, so good! That's a great moment.
0: <laughs> it's a great sequence. Um, and yeah, I just I think Giamatti is just fucking phenomenal in this like i
1: i think he's doing incredible work man i really hope dominic Sessa keeps acting i i hope that this isn't one of those things where it's just one of those like lightning in a ball moments where you get this incredible performance and then the guy's just like i went on to be like an accountant
0: well i don't think so because it's not like like it i don't i genuinely don't mean to be like mean but like with someone like philip philip hoffman's son like that kid doesn't look like an actor well you know what i mean i'm thinking right. it, like this kid looks famous right like he looks like someone and his performance is great in yeah this. like you see him and you're like that's someone and then on top of that in this movie i was like oh like genuinely i was like oh they must have pulled some kid from like the divergent series or something like this kid must have been acting for like 10 mm. years you know what i mean and no nothing yeah. nothing i'm
1: thinking of crazy like, i mean just like in the like immediate thing like think of gabriel labelle last year like a fucking phenomenal performance and like he has nothing i'm pulling up his up. imdb thing he oh. has one tiny movie called the snack shack uh is the only thing listed that's in production on his imdb that i don't know a single person involved in this 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 kid so, has a future i hope so i really make hope so. make more new england cinema hey new england representation it's gray it's depressing it makes yeah. for good art hunter yeah. knows because he went there one time <laughs> i was listen <laughs> my essence is from new england and bill belichick you'll be a patriot for life Uh, this movie, part of this movie was shot in,
0: um, in Lee's like, uh, hometown. Um, I think they must've just done some interiors at one of the high schools, but we were really excited about it. And then we got an ad for a show, uh, on Paramount plus, or actually I think it might be a movie on Paramount plus that's actually set and filmed in that town. That's like a fishing story. So uh shout out to New Bedford, Massachusetts. Oh shit. Wow, damn. New um, Bedford. Glowing up. Yeah. Some ice fishing? Yeah. Huh. Uh all right. So the holdovers is Drews Four and Hunter 7. At one point it was on my list and I had to No, you had to make you had to make room for Maestro. No, I understand. Wow, wow, wow Okay, ice, cool. Is um <laughs> Maestro definitely it, old It's now. my number 11. Okay. It, it's it's right up there. All right. Hunter number four.
1: My number four, um, I mentioned before, top four all have five stars on Letterboxd for me. These are like a true break has happened here. And on any given day, any of these top four could be my number one. Uh, Today, my number four, which feels so low, it's Across the Spider-Verse. You're going to have to wait.
0: You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. Um, My number four let's get into it past lives nice my number five just a um he had an eight really could have been uh it could have been anywhere just a gorgeous romance you know just like what we were saying with the holdovers how it's like this comedic drama that's so simple like we don't get enough of these romantic dramas not a rom-com right like not a zany rom-com like really just a a truly like heartfelt romance is what this is. And it feels very modern. It's oh, a story of a, of super a super modern that, um, knew each other as children in Korea. And then the, the woman, uh, grows up in Canada, ends up in the United States. They develop an online relationship and then rekindle their connection in person. What 20 years later, uh, in New York city. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it has what, so eight much
1: years and then, t- or 12 years and then eight years or something, eight years like, 12 that. Years, yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah. It's like, it, it, they're, they're like little kids and then they're oh, like 12 and 12. It's, so it's 24 years. Total. Yeah. Um, and it's really a story. I think it owes a lot to Linklater's before trilogy. You know, there's a lot of extended yes. sequences of these these people just walking and talking and rekindling this love that's been uh dormant for many many years i thought a lot about before sunset which is one, one of my favorite movies of all time best screenplay ever written. that longing you know that mm-hmm. that wanting to to feel something that you haven't felt in a long time with that person um is captured super well in that movie and i think this movie does it in a very unique way where obviously you know you have the immigrant portion which is doesn't isn't a thing in the um the before movies um and also it feels a lot more i don't know before sunset has like this sense of urgency you know
1: because it's like oh he's only in town for this one for 90 minutes and we have to have the entire movie take place in this this 90 minutes
0: this one doesn't quite have that and i feel like it, it 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 operates on its own tempo that's It feels very unique. There's no movie like this this year.
1: I think it's funny the comparisons to Before Sunset because I think in some ways this is almost like the inverse of Before Sunset because so much of this is about what isn't said. Right. Where Before Sunset is, it's my favorite screenplay ever. Like I have a copy of the screenplay because it's, I think it's like so pitch perfect. And this, so much of the movie like kind of, lays in the silence which goes to celine song's direction i she wrote and directed the thing too but debut not not overwriting it just letting it just trusting your actors um obviously uh um greta lee is getting the most acclaim and man i really hope that she does get a nomination out of this because she is absolutely unreal but really tell you um who plays the 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 boy crush turn into adult or teenage 20 year olds ish crush with each other and then kind of coming back and seeing their relationship together and then john magaro whenever he's introduced into a fold our fucking boy first cow hive out here he's um, very
0: good in this movie he
1: is excellent in this movie and like perfectly deployed from like what you want i i Kind of empathized deeply with John McGarrah's character, seeing him in this because I was like, "Man, I definitely would confront the situation the exact same way he's doing." And just I aspire hope for the best. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> I aspire to be John McGarrah. Wait, I want to read my learn how to greet uh, your wife's childhood friend in his native I language read my, uh, and uh, my letterbox,
0: uh, <laughs> my letterbox review from when I saw this movie. In what was this a summer release?
1: Uh, yeah, like I think I saw it in, like April or May or something like that.
0: Uh, I said. Sometimes the best wife guys have zero riz. It's, <laughs> I, I loved that.
1: Honestly, it's it's so like human. His role in this movie, and tell you, there's uh uh like a uh, um. I think it was a deleted scene in this movie where like he grabs her. He like holds her hand while they're like saying down outside of the carousel. Oh. And they cut that scene. They cut that sequence. Yeah. And I don't think I they think, touch it all. And the- I think it's such a smart move yeah. not to have that because so much of his performance is like. You know, he was in the military. He's so He's reserved. very <laughs> He is so, I like they say in the movie, he is so Korean. Yeah, like he just he's so he's, like, um, it, it, he, it he can't unpack it.
0: Yeah, this movie for what it is is a perfect movie. Yeah, that's why it was weird putting it low. Like I, I could have put it in my top five very easily because for what it is, it's absolutely perfect. Um, what you said about the silence of the movie is absolutely true. Like this it has probably the of anything in my top ten, it has the least words in the script. It's a lot yep. of looks. It's, it's so much looks. longing. Uh, every shot is a 10 out of 10. Every every shot of wallpaper. It makes <laughs> New York look new. Like, New you York know, has been photographed on film <laughs> uh, countless times and they found a new way I to photograph
1: The <laughs> closest comp that I had, because New York is, some people might say New York is like a character in the story. Um, it kind of reminded me of Francis Ha. In a way where it's just like, it's just somebody trying to like figure out their life. And New York is just the backdrop of, while this is all going to take place here. But it feels so quintessential to what you are seeing while it's happening. It's, it's a phenomenal fucking movie. Um,
0: It, it does something that like, the only thing I could compare it to, like I I said this after I watched it uh, to my girlfriend, I was like, it's like a magician how uh the coolest thing magicians do is they show you like they tell you what they're about to do and then they do it yeah the movie starts showing you like when you see the first shot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like you don't have to listen to like whoever is you know in the background like guessing what the dynamic is between these three people you're watching it and you're like okay she's into this guy this guy over here (laughs) Is like typecasting of cock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John Magaro. Like he really is. You know what I oh, mean? like my boy! The <laughs> way he's just, just sipping boy. on his drink. Yeah, you don't have to guess. And so then from that point, like the entire movie, you're just waiting for it to get to that yeah. scene, mm-hmm. right? And part and of when me- it does oh that's
1: the buddy. thing oh, <laughs> So, because it's so much of the movie is guessing who these people are to each other and then you finally kind of figure it out but still well so there's that's, so much gray in
0: between that, that still if anything that's why i had it a little lower on my list than you guys is because like just based on the vibe of the movie pretty quickly i was like you know you know i mean you meet them and you're like okay so that's those two and then w- once she meets Megaro, you're like okay so they're going to all be together. She's going to be really reconnecting with this guy and he's not going to be feeling awesome about it. However, because this is a good movie, it's not going to end with these two running off together. You know what I mean? That's too movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so like there is an amount of like, like I know where we're going. uh, But the the Megaro character has a moment where he speaks that Mm -hmm. into the text of the movie where he says, I am the white husband that I'm is, the keeping, cock. <laughs> yeah. is keeping I'm a little you a boy. <laughs> from your one true He's love. He's like, I'm the cock. I mean, have you heard
1: my voice? <laughs>
0: he has the worst voice of all time.
1: Whoa, I love our boy. So nice. our boy. Our boy Magaro out here. I think that the thing about this movie is you're right. If you like look at it in that way, then it is very cut and dry. The thing but, is that no, I, but it's I, not. What, you live moment to moment in this exactly. movie with the characters. So I didn't really think... I, I guess it's not like I don't care where they end up, but it's just like I'm just experiencing life through these, like, whether it's a weekend, whether it's, uh, uh, it's like I don't know, like a month of Zoom calls with each other or something like that. I'm just experiencing these so moments of life together with exactly. these humans, and that's what makes it so.
0: That's where the movie succeeds, like, at its at its best is like the the relationship dynamics in this movie are absolutely phenomenal e all all to like both relationships that are depicted yeah, i think it's perfect it's crazy like the th- if you've ever tried to do something long distance for like a little bit and then just sort of giving yeah. up which i have like that,
1: that feeling is that, captured. Is exactly that is exactly it where it's like yeah we yeah it's the best depiction of like the falling apart of a long-term dis of a long-distance relationship yeah it's like our yeah it's
0: because that is
1: are we just gonna do this forever like
0: our like yeah a like are we gonna actually get to see each other b are we start planning are we gonna keep doing This logistical nightmare every day right is is it worth it do we love each other enough for me to like wake up at seven when i exactly
1: because not only is it just like you're doing yeah not only are you doing the long distance thing which is always a thing of like well when am i gonna see when are you gonna come to see me when am i gonna come to see you because at the end of the day we can't fucking have this relationship entirely over skype but also we are in like a 12 hour time difference from each other to add that on top well i i also wanted to talk about
0: you know, the title of the movie is past lives. And there's this, this motif, this idea of, um, what's it called? Inyan uh, Inyan. This idea mm-hmm. of you connecting with someone that you have a relationship with in a past life and that you'll see each other in the next life. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly like where they land on that whole concept in the movie. It's kind of loosely threaded throughout, but I think the idea is that, uh, um what are our our characters names um Yu, you and Greta Lee's characters that they have a connection that extends beyond this life that they're living mm-hmm. right now whether it's a past life or a future life because I maybe we can talk about the ending where he says like I'll see you then which is incredible ending um Nora and Hyesung where uh this this concept of them not being able to be together in this life I think that that's One of my favorite things about this movie is the idea of us having only one life. Mm -hmm. And what if we, maybe not what if we don't have just one life, but what if we can, how do I say this? I I don't want to say like we can pretend, but we can tap into this belief that we don't just have one life and how can we well that's connect why, to mm-hmm. other people that's why you know reincarnation is a spiritual philosophy because it is very reassuring in, in that way mm-hmm. like it you know just like religion is in the way of like oh maybe there's something after this reincarnation is reassuring in a way of like these specific people i could yeah. could maintain not only am there.
1: i going to like learn lessons in this life i can take to the next one but also like i'm gonna see i'm gonna encounter the same spirits from one life to the next but yeah it's, exactly
0: it's so beautiful how her relationship with the john Magaro character is captured because it's not just like, oh, she's stuck with this fucking guy. Like yeah, a They're lesser, very happy together. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lesser film would be like, oh, hunky Korean guy got away and you're going to be <laughs> sad forever because you're stuck with this fucking PlayStation fuck boy who can't be bothered to like learn Korean. He's trying. He's learning. Honestly, <laughs> our boys, he's trying. Well, so best. that's. No, it, exactly. They are, they, they are good together and this is their life. Mm-hmm. This is their one life whether whatever happened in a past life or whatever is going to happen in a future life they chose each other for this life and it's a good life you know what that you know what bothered me she is not reassuring at all to him about that Yeah, she oh, kind of no, makes it is him very- wonder she, she is so <laughs> shitty to him in
1: the bed scene that we're there together he's she, just like she's like
0: <laughs> yeah i just i guess that i ended up here so that this is my fucking life i guess it's like
1: bitch john magaro is here trying to learn korean but she's being honest i know yeah. no i thing. know and
0: they have a very like postmodern relationship where like i don't know when the fuck the last time they fucked was you know what i mean like he, he's he's not when he was playing playstation and uh, again i don't want to talk shit about john magaro i like him he is just such a typecast
1: loser that it's almost hard to get over and we love it i he's we love my, to see honestly it, it bothers me here's the thing is John McGarrow, just a young scoot, is he a scoot in the making? He has, he has the scoot qualities to him, whether you want to admit it or not. No, it is scoot, because scoot would have tried some like wanna well, wannabe a, that, alpha shit. That's an older guy. scoot. I don't know. This is like, think about young scoot. We don't Sco- have a big relationship. Scoot would have tried to like beef himself scoot. up and be like, Oh, you want to be with my Are place? we sure scoot would do that though, or is that you projecting onto scoot? <laughs> I, the thing is about this movie, um, I, the. Th- where I have been kind of this movie has been sitting in like my top five ish throughout the course of the year are these broader ideas, this whole idea of Indian and thousand layers of India in order for somebody to become a life partner. And like this whole, all of these like elements that's bringing in are something that I have never seen on film this way. I've never seen a movie that is about, reincarnation but isn't like doing like a fucking cloud atlas thing or it's, it's just, a just drama, like yeah. trying to be like Not, yeah. so much more abstract no, it's almost theory. yeah it's so grounded. it's like it's like an ultra
0: like grounded simplified everything everywhere almost yeah yeah, yeah because that, what if that, we were just it, that, we that movie never has left very d- similar d- themes where it's just it's like, like what if i had a different thing going yeah. on and it's it works so well i think a greta lee i think is a phenom b superstar Yu is not going to get enough credit because a he's playing sort of a simpleton (laughs) and b he is uh he you know he's not like a korean-american actor he's a korean actor yeah um but
1: he carries so much of the acting like his
0: face he had that's the thing is playing a simple person is really hard and he in the key moments when he needs to show like a true emotion, like he makes me want to cry. So hard. yeah, mm. it's crazy. And he does a really good job at carrying the, the boy inside the man. But like that, that's this whole character, right? Yeah. Is this is a man who has traveled to New York to meet someone from his youth. So it's bringing up a lot of emotions inside of him. And it's, it's making him in some ways revert back to his boy self. And he carries that across in his performance. Like, you look at him and and you see a very well-put-together, beefy, hunky man, and yet there's a little boy in there. Yeah. And, and that's mm-hmm. in that performance. And, there, and there's this, you know, there's this, as Greta Lee says in the movie, there's this, like, very Korean ideology that he has in his head of, like, well, yeah, but my, I don't have enough income, and so, like, I'm not, like, I'm just average. You know, I'm just yeah. an average guy. When he is fine as hell <laughs> like he bros proportions Bro right. get it um, absolutely killing it his fits horrible <laughs> everything he wears when that, he's no back.
1: it is make it so funny because he's like actually in real life jacked and like he's just wearing he's like, like the most ill-fitting outfits and the worst posture you've he, ever seen he's you know, wearing like, like
0: old navy chinos <laughs> and like cole hans anyway uh the reason the movie ends up working is because a the entire movie you're being delighted with just a smorgasbord of perfect little shots, yeah. like just absolute the moments. Oh,
1: the color palette, of the way movie. I mean, the way Korea looks. Oh my looks, god! The, yeah. e-
0: every time we're in Korea, I'm like, oh my god, the way wh- he, uh, the uh, what's her name, Celine Song, Celine Song, Celine Song she fits some korean skyline into so many different shots it's awesome like the the, the location scouting was like there were two checklists like one is it cool two can i see the skyline
1: (laughs) like it's so gorgeous that but then also i feel a lot of it just had to be color correction because there's no way that uh korea just constantly looks like twilight at all times of the day but like it all has this like memory like quality to it and it it feels so otherworldly it feels like whenever you are reminiscing on something and you always like look back at a moment of your childhood and you don't ever remember any of the like you can only remember how beautiful it was like you can only remember it in this kind of foggy golden sheen on everything
0: let's um let's talk a little bit about the ending i i I, I hesitate to give up too much well no so here's like Pre-spoiler, the big takeaway and the reason that the movie ended up working so well for me is because, like I said, I was a little bit frustrated with so I was sort of frustrated with the casting of Megaro personally, because I was like because I knew the movie was too good to do him dirty. Yeah. And yet he was cast to do dirty. So it was like, I you know what I mean? I know where this is going. That said, the way it's executed when we get to the scene that mm-hmm. is shown in the beginning, um, is it almost I I was trying to draw comparisons it part of it reminds me of call me by your name when he finally talks to his dad oh yeah you know what I mean and like the whole movie is finally just said yeah like they just say the movie in like two minutes and it's like yes that's it that's what we've been watching that's the whole thing well you know the moment where she goes to the bathroom and leaves the two of them I felt the same emotion that I felt when the piano is dangling over tom cruise and <laughs> Atwell in mission impossible where you are just on the edge of your seat and you can't breathe yeah and you're like
1: what is it about is one to of the happen? most tense things that you will see in a movie and it's just two it's the two guys yeah. in a room sitting next to each other it's, it's
0: crazy right. yeah and it's it and they can barely communicate with one another and it's it's so beautiful but they're just vibe. yeah like, but hey. like and he magaro does he has an understanding that he is not like he can't compete if i were no it's like he does know that he's in a in a really weird way he does know that he's all right in this situation i really feel that way because like when they're really when uh greta and, and tail are really just like talking to one another the only interaction that she has where she like turns back to him again the worst reassurance i've ever heard in my life literally they're they're talking so so much and then she turns back to megaro and she's like he's talking about you and then goes back to talking to it's like what the that would make me kill myself like like if
1: i were what are you doing
0: if if i were him like really early on i'd be like hey i'm uncomfortable with this okay
1: i'm really sorry see, and this, this is why you could never bag Lee. this because movie <laughs> this, this this you got to just be okay with being a beta <laughs> cuck boy sometimes this whole
0: interaction this whole situation is just a test to see like how secure you are in your relationship it like, is could you handle it exactly and it ends up you know that leading toward her you know walking him to to his uber god it just eat no matter what no matter what affection how how much you knew it was leading after this it rips your fucking guts out Mm. the way the way this a the shot there are so many great dynamic shots just going and again the silence yeah going down the cityscape like great you know you hear the little background noise of a city but it's just quiet and cold you can feel the cold and you're on the edge feels very it feels very lower the way (laughs) Oh. You're you're on the edge of your seat. And like, you, what is going and to happen? Well, yeah, and it's probably, what, like 15, 20 seconds of them. Silence. Maybe two feet apart, just yeah. looking at each other. And both take turns just leaning just a little bit. Yeah. And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> you're scre- I was screaming. It's so well done. It's perfectly. It's, it's insane. It's phenomenal. They and they then do. that same shot just follows her walking back. And then she gets to Magaro and she and breaks it. down. Yeah. That is. That's perfect filmmaking yeah <laughs> i i cannot fathom the fact that this is her first movie Incredible. it's so uh, like Incredible. we need to
1: have another director's draft because celine song is like she's gonna be here man like i just give her a check so, man. i hope that she's just on the greta gerwig path of like just give her whatever she wants to do just give her all the money i do i mean we'll
0: see how past life does with awards like if it doesn't get into best picture if she doesn't think, get into screenplay I like, think it's
1: getting it's getting a best picture now. It has to. Because be. it's 10 no, it's a lock for at least being 10 nominees. Yeah. How the fuck you could come up with 10 movies that are better than this that are more like revered from both directors and especially this is like an actors movie. Right. Like I could see SAG, I could see Greta Lee. Well, have you George seen a Reed movie called there? The Color Purple? No. Be careful. <laughs> Honor. What what are you trying to say? Honor, watch. What tra- Ernest, what are you trying to say here? That's I'm just saying. Drew, so that you- could- hey Drew, hey Drew, have you seen the color purple? Yeah,
0: like, like it's it's over there. That's <laughs> that, that <laughs> bottle of paint. You
1: can't say that.
0: So yeah, that's what's great about the 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 backlash obviously everyone knows at this point it's been number one trending topic on twitter for weeks is Ernest and the yeah color purple yeah. uh and then it's Ernest the color purple and then like barack obama Ooh, loves yeah. the color purple <laughs> all it was always on his list. he always meant to pick
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh oopsie <See>, uh forgot <laughs> that <Yeah>. one <laughs>
0: meanwhile i we haven't seen it
1: <laughs> we didn't even watch listen, it listen here's the thing you can't be part of the controversy if you don't engage with it that's yeah no backlash for for me and hunter <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. A very nice.
0: nice. That is part one He remembered where it was on <laughs> I Even got lucky which button. <laughs> uh, Of our Top ten favorite movies Best movies, best films Of 2023 We'll call part one there Stick around for part two We'll see you then, Bye-bye.
1: bye bye <laughs> Bye